Fresh and Welcome back to another episode of Fresh and Buds. I'm your host, Tommy Fresh, and I'm joined by well, Billy Buds. Should we call you Billy Buds? No, Bill I'm from Spike it. Feeders. How you doing, man? <laughs> we have Everfest uh, coming out here uh, this weekend. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a set review. How are you? I am so unbelievably excited for Everfest. Um, the the one thing that I... It, it's funny, actually, because I used to play a lot of Magic, and one of the things that really got me burnt out on Magic was how frequently new products were being released, um, especially with like their more recent change to like secret layers and supplemental products and yada yada. Like, it would be like, there's at least one thing coming out every month, sometimes multiple things coming out each month, and it's like so hard to keep track of. And I almost have the opposite problem with, <laughs> with Flesh and Blood, where we had Tales of Aria back in September, uh, like yeah, something yeah. like that. And then we had really nothing in between except for just recently we had the spoiler season. So I've been like itching for more Flesh and Blood content. I, I need I need the brain juices. I need the serotonin. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I came from Magic as well, and 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 that was one of the things that got me off of Magic. And then I come to, you know, Flesh and Blood, and I'm just like, oh wait, what? You know, I gotta wait <laughs> three months, four months. This is ridiculous. Yeah. But um... it's it's the exact opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> it's there's too much, and now there's too little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say the one unfortunate thing about Everfest is I can't draft it, and I love limited, but mm. you know, I can I can wait till quarter two when we get the next draftable set but everfest looks pretty awesome i'm excited to jump into our review uh do you mm. want to tell the listeners and viewers because i'm doing some video too um a little bit about our rating system here at fresh and buds yeah absolutely so what we're going to be doing uh we're going to be going over uh basically each and every card today uh and just giving our thoughts uh, and we have uh, a bit of a a proprietary rating system uh, just for the, the the people here at Fresh and Buds. Uh, so at the top, at the tippity top of the rating scale, we have Fresh to Death, and these are the like the the cards that we think are going to be absolutely insane. They're going to play either a major part, they're going to be a staple, uh, they're going to make big waves in whatever deck they can find themselves in. Uh, so that's the Fresh to Death tier. That's like A plus S tier, whatever you want to call it. Uh, slightly below that. We have uh, just the fresh tier, not quite fresh to death, uh, but these are going to be cards that are like, they're solid. Um, they're like probably if you could draft, like we were saying before, they'd probably be like a pretty strong thing that you could find in a draft deck. Uh, good supporting cards for strategies and decks um, and that sort of deal. Below that we have stale. So again, down, not fresh. Um, these are the middle of the road, sort of, like, they could have utility, maybe they're not good now, they could be good later, but as of right now, we're going to be keeping our, our ratings sort of in the present, in the right now. Um, so the, the stale tier is going to be stuff that, you know, it might be interesting, but not immediately playable. And finally, of course, uh, keeping with the, the freshness scale, at the very bottom, we have Rotten. These are cards <laughs> that are just irredeemably bad. Uh, wouldn't want to see these ever. Uh, if you draw one, you're sad. Uh, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, thankfully, I don't know. 
that we're going to have that many rotten tier cards here. There might be a couple that I'd be willing to throw in there right now um, that, you know, even if they did get extra support, even if they did get um, a little bit more, like a little bit easier to use or something, that I just still wouldn't even want to play them. Um, but it's going to be really tough in either event anyway, because all of the cards in this set I don't know if you have the same viewpoint as me, but they, all of the art in this set is insane. Oh it's yeah, so good. <laughs> they do, I so, mean, they they do a great job all the time, but I mean, they just keep knocking out uh, the park. Like they just keep doing it. How do they keep getting away with it? <laughs> um, so it's it's to the point sometimes where it's like, yeah, this card is unbelievably awful, but I just want to stare at it because it's pretty. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, um, well, well, I definitely agree with you. Luckily, the supplemental sets aren't really going to give us any. Too many rotten cards, but I'm mm. sure there's a few in this batch. But um, yeah, you wouldn't need as many cards that are like just for filling out a draft format, like you would for like Welcome to Wraith or, or something similar. So absolutely, might absolutely. be a little bit easier to keep this one, keep this tier a little bit more bare. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess we'll get right into it. We're gonna start in mm -hmm. in uh, EVR order as they have it on the website. Starting with Brute, one of my favorite classes. I am a Leviathan player, and I am not super happy with Everfest for that reason. <laughs> but we're going to start with Skull Crushers. This is a brute equipment. Uh, Majestic Arms has one defense. Whenever you roll a five or six on a die, your brute attacks gain plus one attack this turn. Whenever you roll a one on a die, destroy Skull Crushers and has Battle Worn. So. I this one's this one's tough for me because um, a lot of the, the well the thoughts that I had and a lot of the discourse that I saw around Skullcrusher specifically is that this is competing for a spot in a specific type of brute deck uh, like you were mentioning earlier you're uh, um, a Leviathan player uh, Leviathan doesn't have a lot of dice roll and if they I mean there's like scabskin leathers um, maybe a couple of the generic brute cards that are here that we'll still be touching on later but. I, I don't know that it's enough to really usurp the throne that Gambler's Gloves has. Um, although, actually, now that I say that, um, another thing that I've been uh, thankful for for this set is a lot of the equipment that they've released is not necessarily supposed to usurp previous options, mm -hmm. but it's supposed to give you a wider variety. Um, like, you're not supposed to say, oh, well, Gambler's Gloves is better in everything, it's just strictly better. Gambler's Gloves and Skull Crushers lend themselves to different strategies um so it kind of gives you variety which i really like um in the deck that i think this was intended to be played in and was almost printed for uh ko yeah <laughs> i think the skull crushers is very good <laughs> yes yes very very good um, uh I, I agree with you i i mean nothing's gonna really take over gambler's gloves um mm -hmm. at least in cc i don't think but i do like that it is an option for i mean I mean, outside of KO, KO is going to be great, I think, and we're going to yeah. see a lot of cards that are good for KO uh, in the brute section here. But uh, I, you know, the the one defense could really come up in some matchups. Like in aggro, I could see Leviathan and Reinar wanting this over the Gamblers Gloves because you're just not rolling your 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 Scabskins as much, so you mm -hmm. don't really need that backup plan. So uh, the one defense could really come up. Um, uh, we'll see. I I'm gonna land on. Somewhere in between stale and fresh, like it's just started to turn a little bit. It's not really the freshest it could be. Um, 
How are you feeling about it, Phil? <laughs> just just about hit its shelf life. Um, yeah. I yeah, I think I would probably put this in in fresh. Um, it's it's kind of again, it's it's a little awkward because even in KO, having the gambler's gloves is really good, especially mm -hmm. in conjunction with uh, another card that we're going to be talking about very quickly, which uh, was also our our spoiler card, the one that we got to reveal. Um, but the fact that Skull Crushers works just baseline with. Um, with scabskin leathers that it's for all attacks for the rest of the turn so if you find yourself rolling multiple die in a turn like in in ko you could potentially have like a plus three buff on all of your attacks um mm -hmm. for the rest of the turn with skull crushers which is like not insignificant like that's that's really nice um so i think it's it definitely plays into the uh the rng nature um <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily like there are a couple of other equipments in this that I'll say are a lot more like, oh, my God, like I have to play this. I don't think Skull Crushers is quite at that level, um, but it does sort of open up the ceiling for like how insane your luck can be in a specific game. Yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, it, I, I would say fresh. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not a game changer. It's, it's good enough. It's going to see, you know, that cyborg play, especially. Oh, for um, sure. And KO is going to really enjoy uh, being brewed with it. So. Uh, but next, we have another Majestic, Swing Big. This is a red pitch. Two cost, eight attack, three defense. This is a brute attack action. If Swing Big doesn't hit, the, the defending hero creates a quicken token when the combat chain closes. Now, this is a big beater, Bill. This is big. Uh -huh. This is a big <laughs> attack. <laughs> yeah. um, th this, is a, this is a card that, I mean, I, I think is, I mean, uh, the, the rate is just incredible. Here, I, I think it, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say fresh. I wouldn't say fresh to death quite so much because you know it's still. I mean the the on hit. There's no real great on hit, but uh, mm -hmm. I think Reinar and I could see even some some Leviya and then Ko. Obviously, I mean yeah, it's 16 coming in for two. I mean that's incredible. Yeah, that's uh, that's my current thought on it. Um, it's just, a, as you said, it's a really great rate for an attack. Like, it, it rivals how efficient, like, Guardian attacks usually are, um, mm -hmm. but it costs less um, because it does have that, like, technical downside, which um, I think it fits perfectly and is likely at its best in KO um, because uh, I actually have a KO deck put together for Blitz, and the uh, the mindset behind choosing attacks for the deck uh, is very much just how many of these things have inherent dominate and uh, like how many of them can we play. Um, so a lot of the cards that you have, they're just like two or three cost attacks with dominate mm -hmm. um, that are usually base power of six. Um, so the fact that this has plus two on it, it doesn't have dominate, but with the fact that it's bigger, it doesn't matter quite as much. And the fact that it doesn't like it, 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 it has plus two from all the other stuff that you would play. It only costs two, which is one resource less than you would normally play for something this big. Mm -hmm. um, and the the double just makes it like absolutely crazy. Um, so yeah, I I really like this. This is a lot more solid of a fresh rating for me, yes. um, just because I can very clearly see its place within a KO deck. Um, I think that this at this this is like at its best and you play probably the maximum copies you can in ko um just because it you look at it it's all the stuff that he wants to do and it's just better than the current options uh outside of having dominate but again when you're at, at the very at the very least 
if you hit with them, you're attacking for 16, uh, which doesn't even really need dominate. It just is a huge yeah. attack anyway. So. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> and then for Reinar, I mean, I think this will see tons of play. I mean, it's a shoe in yeah. for Reinar. You know, they, you intimidate once. That's their whole hand. You know, it would take normally to block. I mean, it, it's just it's just strong. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, no, it, it's just a good brute card. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly what we want from brute. But um, <laughs> so fresh on that bad boy. <laughs> Next, we have KO specialization. This is another majestic. This is a blue pitch, ready to roll. Oh yeah, card. there it is. It's this wow. card. It was our reveal <laughs> card. We oh, have it man. already. <laughs> uh, zero cost. It's a brute action. It's got three defense. KO specialization, so you can only play it with KO. If you would roll one or more dice this turn, instead roll that many dice plus one and ignore the lowest roll. Go again. Uh, I gotta say, you did. You guys got one of the best art uh, in oh, terms of sure. any of the spoilers. I mean, this this card is insane looking, man. Oh, it's gorgeous. We were completely floored, like at all points when we were looking at this card initially. Um, the, the, I think one of the biggest things is that it kind of confirms the existence of like dragons or maybe uh, is that yeah. that's like a wyvern or like a sandworm or something. Um, some sort of big beastie type thing within Wraith or possibly this is, I think Everfest is technically in Aria, but mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the art is incredible. And I honestly think that this effect is kind of like nuts um, okay. with how based on rng ko is having the ability to basically roll with advantage for the rest of the turn like it's not even just your next attack it's uh, or your next time that you would roll a die it's every single one it doubles up with gambler's gloves um and uh like it just makes you more consistent i think i saw somebody do the math that if you have ready to roll plus gambler's gloves it turns ko's uh, ability from like a 33 percent chance to double to like close to an 80 percent chance to double wow wow <laughs> yeah like it's it's just really strong and a really great um just amount of uh, consistency that you can add for a card that really doesn't have that much opportunity cost outside of that like it costs zero it pitches for three and it blocks for three like it's just so efficient <laughs> is this do you think this is our first fresh to death because in the deck that you're going to play it in it's going to be an all-star it would be an all-star you would play maximum copies and i don't think it's particularly close like obviously i'm a little bit biased because this was <laughs> our like our first preview card ever one and two our preview card for this season um i i would definitely rate this as a fresh to death i think that it it just changes the game for KO decks and makes them, they were already kind of a dark horse. Like you'd see gambler's gloves in the sideboard for a lot of blitz decks. It was just because KO can come out of nowhere and literally one shot you on turn one. Um, and I think this makes it even more likely. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is a no brainer for fresh to death, at least for me. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm getting ready to build a KO ultimate pit fight deck. I know that this is going to be, a lot of fun but yeah fresh to death we're ready to roll um <laughs> we got another majestic here rolling thunder uh brute action uh it is a red pitch cost one three defense roll a six-sided die oh more more dice rolling your next brute attack this turn gains plus x where x is the number rolled go again um nice little buff here i mean with with ready yeah. to roll you know kind of has some some stuff going on so 
for the best you're going to get is six. Uh, worst yeah. you're going to get is one. One for one sucks. Six for <laughs> yeah. one, very good. On average, yeah, I guess and, you're getting three. So Yeah, you, you get three on average, which one for three is like, okay. The, the way that mm. I usually think of these buff cards is thinking of them like an attack for the same rate. Um, so on average, this is a one cost attack for three, mm -hmm. kind of. Um, it's a little bit more flexible because, you know, you can add it to your to your weapon or you can add it to things that have a better on hit or something like that. But um, on average, a one cost attack for three with go again is like very mildly playable, like yeah. and not even in brute. It would be playable in like, you know, rune blade or uh, ninja or something like that. Um I am a little bit colder on this one. It obviously becomes a lot better in context with the die roll um, support that we've gotten and, of course, with ready to roll. Um, but I think I would only ever play this or probably even see it played as, like, a one-of, as, like, yeah. a utility card. Um, like, sometimes you just get a big, uh, a big buff with it and maybe you kill your opponent, but I wouldn't <laughs> want to draw two of these in my opening hand. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lukewarm on it as well. I mean, even even in the the ready to roll, like, you know, balls to the wall deck, I, I don't, I don't think rolling yeah. thunder is really going to be uh, perform where you want it to perform. I mean, the six is no. good, right? If you hit the six, is good. But is yeah. it good enough to take up a, a slot in your deck? I'm gonna say I'm actually gonna say a little stale on Rolling Thunder. I I don't want to play this card to be honest. Yeah, I I would say stale, um, just because like I would probably, as I said, I'd probably play it as like a fun of in my KO deck, mm -hmm. just because you know the the idea behind it is you you want to high roll so that you can like just for the rubbins for your opponent be like, ha, look, I'm <laughs> I'm more skilled than you because I rolled a six. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, outside of that, like I wouldn't want to rely on this sort of effect to really close out a game. And the average of three buff, like you could just be playing, um, what is it, Savage Savage Swing, which is a one cost six as an additional cost discard a card. Like that's yeah. a guaranteed six, sort of, um, like more consistently than Rolling Thunder. So I don't know. It, again, it has it has a place in my heart and has probably one slot in my deck. But yeah. outside of that, like I'm not. I'm not like excited about it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah, stale. You know, hey, listen, yeah. it'll be fun. Uh, I bet you know. I just I'm picturing the the scenario where I I play this with my skull crushers and roll the one on rolling thunder and lose my equipment and only get yeah. a plus one. So like, <laughs> you know, I just like I'm I've been burned yeah. before. I don't want to be burned again. So it can lead to some pretty big field ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, we got, I mean, speaking of the opposite of feeling mm -hmm. bad is high roller. So this is, this comes in each, each pitch, red, uh, yellow, and blue. We're going to just talk about the reds and then kind of talk about any kind of utility like blues or yellows might have. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the red is a zero cost brute action. It's, it's at rare. It has intimidate, which is fun. Uh, if you rolled a four, five, or six on a die this turn, instead intimidate twice and has go again. Uh, and has three defense. Mm -hmm. This one, so, to me, is a little underwhelming. Yeah. 
Yeah, like the the thing about all the other like if you if you compare it to the other cards that have intimidate like all the other brute actions mm -hmm. that cost zero with go again that have intimidate like there's barraging beatdown which gives like a pretty significant buff um, to your next attack if it's not defended by two or more non equipment cards. Um, there's you know like uh, massacre which if you discard it to intimidate you're likely intimidating twice because it, it itself triggers intimidate and then Reinar triggers intimidate that sort of thing like so there's usually an additional thing like intimidate is usually something that's like uh, an added bonus on top it but for this card it's the main event um mm -hmm. the only thing this thing does is intimidate um and like intimidating twice for one card it's it's not bad um especially because on a big turn you can you know remove your opponent's options to block efficiently uh you can really mess up their plans but uh yeah, if this card sees any play, I think it will likely only be the red version. Um, yeah. Because, and we were kind of talking about this before we actually started filming, but um, the red version gives you basically a 50% chance to have the second Intimidate. Even though, obviously, you can, like, choose your time. You can, like, wait for a turn where you've rolled a 4, 5, or 6. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, you have a 50% chance on average uh, across your your die rolls to get that effect off. And on the, on the blue, it's only if you've rolled a 6. Yeah. Um, which I think is, like, something that you just can't... Like, not even KO's own ability is that restrictive. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's yeah. for doubling your damage. So, I, I don't know. This one is, like, pretty pretty solidly probably between stale and rotten for me um so. yeah like again if it did something else other than intimidate then i'd probably be a little bit higher on it but um like as i said before like you can wait for your time but as a brute if you're waiting you've kind of lost a little bit so yeah. i don't like yeah. that you have to have already rolled you know if it gave you another die roll, mm -hmm. that would be interesting, I think, yeah. because then it could trigger skull crushers. You could get uh, ready to roll, like to hopefully get you to trigger the second intimidate. But yeah, the fact that you've already had to do it definitely makes it a lot more dependent on other things. So, yeah, uh, I'm with you. I, I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards rotten. Um, I just don't think we're really going to see it played. Yeah. I mean, I'd be surprised if, if I see it played, but I could I, be wrong. I, I'm trying to be as uh, <laughs> as generous as possible, yeah. but yeah, I think you, you might have hit the nail on the head there. Like this yeah. is, uh, again, if it did anything else, then maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. moving on to the next Brute card, we got Bear Fangs. Uh, it comes in the red, yellow, and blue. It costs two mm -hmm. for six attack, no defense. When you attack with bear fangs, draw a card, then discard a card at random. If a card with six or more attack is discarded this way, bear fangs gets plus two. I know I said earlier that I don't want to put things in the rotten tier, but uh, like brutes play pulping, which is a really good mm -hmm. attack that has no defense. Um, because it can have dominate and go again, um, and for the same rate as this, I think that the downside of having no ability to block with it for the potential upside of getting plus two, I, I don't think pushes this over the edge. If it was like, if the red was seven attack, the yellow was six so that you could play a yellow six 
with like moderate upside mm-hmm. um, just for pitching and discarding synergy. I could maybe see an argument for it, but I think as is, I would I would put this in in rotten unless I'm missing something. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I could really see is like maybe a never block Reinar deck, you know, mm. just like just to get more of that you know discard going. But even Full then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even then, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, definitely, right. definitely rotten on this. You know, there, there are just other better options already. Um, yeah. And the, the benefit, especially because like, I, the draw card, then discard a random card, um, like brute attacks are interesting because with some of them, like Savage Swing, like I said before, uh, the additional cost is you have to discard the card, so you can't play it if it's the only card in your hand. With these ones, you can. Uh, which is cool, but then it also opens you up to the uh, opportunity of like drawing your barraging B town and discarding it, and yeah. like losing that, not getting the buff, not getting intimidate. Like, there's a, a pretty big potential downside for that sort of thing. So I'm really cautious about them. I think tear limb from limb and pulping are like the biggest upsides that you can get for that sort of uh, exposure, and uh, I really don't think that this quite gets there for me. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with you there, Bill. But we do have another uh, six zero Woo-hoo. defense card. This is Wild Ride. Uh, speaking yeah. of pulping, this one this one kind of seems a little bit like pulping. Mm-hmm. Um, Wild Ride is or the red pitch is is uh, two cost six attack no defense. When you attack with Wild Ride, draw a card and discard a card at random. The card with six or more is discarded this way. Wild Ride gains go again. So. so- yeah, this one isn't quite as like just snap rotten as the last one was. Mm-hmm. I think that go again on average is going to be better than plus two. Um, like if you had to play a card like this uh, that had no block, like it's technically better than smash with big tree. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, hang on, smash with big tree. I don't remember what the attack on it is. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head two yeah. for five at blue so it's like it's one less attack but you can mm-hmm. potentially get go again like i would probably consider this um because even if you're just like you attack with this with go again and then you can like uh romping club after that's like not bad um yeah. it's not game it's not meta defining um but it's it's better than bear fangs um definitely I think that it will see a little bit of play for for brute players who just want to go a little more wide, a little more consistently. Yeah. But that being said, uh, not being able to block is 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 a cost, and uh, it's a very big downside, like a lot bigger than people realize sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I looked at it and I was like, "Can I fit this into Leviathan?" Because like that was always the problem. It's like I need to go wide a little bit more, um, hmm. and I could fit it in there, and I would probably regret it um so i'm I'm on the stale side i you know i think some people will play it a little bit but uh yeah. outside of that, i think it but... would see it would see more player more play than bear fangs so i think i'm i'm with you with stale mm-hmm. um it's like decent um it's not the best brute attack that exists but go again is like something that you just don't really see that much on brute cards and it's kind of for a reason um because brute attacks are usually either really efficient or have like you know, decent upside uh, outside mm-hmm. of just their attack. Um, so being able to weave in multiple, like even if this just ends up being an extra six damage that you can weave in, like that's six damage. That's a lot. So... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, 
a little stale on it, but yeah, we'll we'll see how uh, where that one really lands. Now, mm-hmm. uh, the next cars is is the the story of my life. It is Bad Beats uh, comes <laughs> in uh, red, yellow, and blue. Uh, this is a brute action, non-attack action. It is three defense. Uh, this is a, we're going to talk about the red one here. It has a uh, zero cost for free. Roll a six-sided die. Oh, more dice rolling. If the number rolled is a four, five, or six, the next brute attack action card you play this turn gains plus five. Go again. Fifty percent. I'd like to hear. You, yeah, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this one first before I say anything. So, uh, I'm not. I'm not playing this. Uh, in CC, I'm yeah. probably playing it in KO with with the support i think that's that's where you're gonna say it um uh tell me if you feel differently but i i can't see myself i can't bring myself to put this in in a in a 60 card deck no i i'm just about the same i i like this for uh for blitz and i like this specifically for ko uh as you mentioned um because like the the rate that you're getting the buff at for if you roll a four five or six um you get plus five if you also have skull crushers then that's a plus six mm-hmm. for free you yeah. don't have to discard a card um like it's just for free um so like that's a pretty decent rate um especially if you're uh evaluating it like i i was with that uh, previous card where you treat it like an attack um so if this was a zero cost attack if you and roll a four, five, or six, uh, if you do, this attack gets plus five. Like that's just basically enlightened strike. Um, okay. Not not as consistent, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just drawing a comparison to a, a really like decent and efficient attack. Um, and then of course with uh, like ready to roll and um, or if you didn't want to play Skull Crusher's Gambler's Gloves, like it could be decent. It is a 50% chance, so on average, um, if you wanted to actually average it out, it's like this adds two and a half attack to your next Brute Attack action card. Yeah. Um, it also doesn't uh, do your uh, your weapon, doesn't buff your weapon, so it mm-hmm. makes it a little bit less widely applicable. Um, I would likely... I, I mean, I say that I play one-ofs in KO so much... Um, <laughs> I would want to play this as a one of in KO just because like it's a good rate for a buff yeah. and you're rolling the dice anyway. But yeah, I think I don't think that like if you if you wanted to play a buff like this, you could just play red barraging beatdown, which gives plus four and intimidates for free. Yeah. Um like without trying. Uh you don't have to roll a die for it to do those <laughs> things. <laughs> the, the way I look at these cards and a lot of these these uh rolled dice cards uh, is how upset are you to give up your gambler's gloves to get another shot at this card, you know, like, and I think I'd be oh, pretty really, bummed to look. That's a really good way to frame that. Yeah, <laughs> I like, really wouldn't want to break my, my gambler's gloves for a chance at plus five. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like you don't have to, right. Because it has go again. Yeah. You could just play that and like your gambler's gloves, like uh, you look at it and you're like, Oh man. So, or I could just play out my attack and not have the buff. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty stale in bad beats. I, I think it'll be fine in KO, but outside of that, not yeah, really on I'm it. I'm probably in between stale and rotten, um, just because this, like most of the die roll cards in this, especially, I mean, they're, they're only brute cards, but all the ones that are applicable to KO, I have like a little bit of a soft spot for, um, but yeah, realistically, I, I don't think that this is. 
quite as useful. The fact that it costs zero is nice. Like, they could have made this cost one and have it be completely unplayable. <laughs> yeah, true. But uh, but at zero, it's at least interesting. Um, it's at least something that if somebody was at like a, an armory event with a brute deck and they played this against you, you wouldn't have that thought in your mind of like, oh, this is a new player. At least I probably wouldn't. No, um, yeah. There I are some cards the you can see where it's like, but yeah, it's like, okay. And you could get blown out by this for sure, I think. But yeah. uh, on average, I, I don't think that it's going to make too many waves. So yeah, probably... I'll, I'll tend towards stale. I'm reserving rotten for the the real stinkers. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So that was brute. Uh, brute seems to be kind of just, uh, you know, all all things ko uh, in Everfest yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um, but uh, exciting nonetheless. Uh, we're gonna move on to Guardian, and I'm going to attempt to pronounce this first card. Which is the uh, fabled, and it's a card I don't ex ever expect to own or play because I just don't have that kind of luck of opening. But it is Grandeur of Valahai, I think. I'm pretty sure that's like spot on. Um, uh, that, that sounds correct to me. So <laughs> this is the fabled, right? That's not, yeah, fabled, mm -hmm. um, legendary gem, guardian resource. This is a guardian card. It pitches for blue, no defense or anything like that, but. When you pitch it, create a seismic surge token. And how do you feel about this gem, Bill? I was, I sort of had the thought early on that this might be a gem that they were going to do, uh, mostly because of the uh, the Rudy secret lair, um, mm -hmm. or I guess it wasn't actually a secret lair, but um, that had the art cards for all of the gems, and then plus uh, the one that we hadn't seen before that referenced the Allen, which are the uh, like the guardian clan from uh, from Eisenloft, mm -hmm. um, I believe. I'm not super up to date or really knowledgeable on flesh and blood lore, but um, so people were talking about how the next gem was likely going to be guardian related. And I kind of tossed around the idea of uh, having it be similar to Rune, the Runeblade one, or the Viscerai one specifically, in my head. And I was like, ah, oh, that feels like it would be really strong because it technically makes four resources. Like, it pitches for three, and then it discounts your next Guardian uh, attack by one the next turn. Um, the fact that it pitches for three is really nice because of how resource-heavy Guardians are in general. But the fact that it doesn't block and that it's not like an ice card for old him or um anything like that I, I think that puts this squarely where like other um like the other fabled's are for me which is fine uh it's, it's totally great to see that you know, there isn't like an auto include fable mm -hmm. um like you mentioned before like some people just aren't ever going to own this card um and i think that is not necessarily a bad thing like it this is um very much like in my mind um of uh i have Ophidia, where if you have it and you put it into a deck you could see like this could maybe win you a game um like it it may be an uh a, an upgrade to your deck but i don't think it's going to be something that like will really change the face of how guardians uh function or win um, it's just like a nice collector's piece and I think that's okay. Uh, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I am simply <laughs> whelmed. That's a great way to put it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's a fine card. Um, happy to open it, but, um, oh, sure. 
And if I opened it, I'd probably play it. And I think that just gives it a fresh for me, you know? Yeah. I, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know. Uh, yeah. It's it's not a bad card. No. Uh, like, the, it does have downsides in that it doesn't block, doesn't do anything except for pitch. But that's like all the other gems. It's fine. I, I'm, not, I'm not against that. Not at all. Um, but... And that being said, uh, when I uh, when I don't open it, I will be shifting it down to rotten. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yes, confirmed. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to move on to uh, talk of the town here. Uh, Bravo, star of the show. This is a majestic elemental guardian hero. This is the first time we got a new version of a hero we've already had. Um, it's true. Four intellect, forty life essence of earth ice and lightning at the start of your turn you may reveal an earth and ice and a lightning card from your hand if you do the next attack action card with cost three or greater you play this turn gains plus two dominate and go again <clears throat> i think for me the most exciting part of this card is just the deck building opportunities it creates by having all three uh elements mm-hmm. um I don't necessarily like I'm, I'm very welcome to being proved wrong. Uh, and I think there's been some discussion on one of the discords about uh, there being a list that semi frequently actually triggers his second line, like his, his main ability, I guess. Yeah. Um, but even, I think I would be willing to play this deck and pretty happy to play this deck, even if it was just giving me access to the three different elements. I think that they interplay really interestingly. Um, and it's something that, you know, we didn't expect after Arya. Um, we had each of the heroes that had access to two unique elements. Um, but having access to three is like a real, a real tangible new thing. And uh, yeah, I'm actually really excited to play a version of this deck. Uh, I have all of my, uh, I have all of the pulses uh, in cold foil because that's just who I am as a person. <laughs> Um, I only have two of them right now because the other one's in a deck, but I have uh, two of them here. I'm looking to uh, obviously put the third one in there and then just, you know, uh, the different channel cards, uh, Channel Lake Frigid and Channel Thunderstep, I think are going to be like really, really big deals. Oh, yeah. Um, largely, I just want to have fun with this deck. I, I think some people are saying like, this is the end of the world. This is the strongest <laughs> hero they've ever printed. And that like may or may not be the case. Uh, I'm I'm not here to really argue that. Uh, although I guess I should be because this is a set review. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I I am am definitely on your side in terms of this is pretty exciting in, in terms of the deck building um, opportunities mm -hmm. here. Uh, we're going to see a whole lot of different iterations on on what Bravo or or Starvo as uh, Drew Cordell has been calling it um, yeah. on what Starvo can do. Um. It is interesting. I, you know, I, who who knows if you can reliably do the 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 hero ability, but mm -hmm. I don't think you need to. I mean, the fact that you're going to be able to play blinks with with in like really strong guardian attacks is 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 all you really need to know about Bravo Star of the show. Um, yeah. I think he gets a solid fresh to death. I think easily. Yeah. I would I would say so. Outside of him being like, if he whether or not he is game breaking uh, again is is something that uh, is is for me neither here nor there. I think just the sheer 
deck building opportunity and the like the the fact that it's just so different from the other heroes that we've gotten in terms of like just breadth of deck mm-hmm. of deck building um i i am also going to say this is fresh to death he's he's just super cool and um <laughs> indicative of like a really interesting foray into design space that they've now proven that they're willing to actually go into um so yeah, yeah i would love to see more stuff like this where it's just like interesting um but uh i guess we'll have to find out what that next sort of foray is going to be like are we going to get a light and shadow hero Oh man, don't um, don't tempt me, that man. That sounds weird. amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's very exciting, like seeing them print a, a hero like this. Like, wow, okay, yeah. that busts everything wide open. So, uh, yeah. I, I am a little surprised that they, because I, I had a feeling they would do the essence of all three elements on a hero. I'm surprised they did it with a guardian and a new version of Bravo. Um, <laughs> did did the the hero that had you know the ability to play all three of those elements need to also be able to play you know showtime and crippling crush i don't know that's not for me to decide but um <laughs> i just know i will be playing against it and then hopefully my carrying husk uh, um helps me in, in in that but uh easy yeah, like why couldn't have this why couldn't have this just been a ranger why why couldn't yeah. ranger get more love please no no they can't do that why would they do that <laughs> it's not allowed yeah but uh um, couldn't possibly Next one is uh, is a fun card. Uh, a friend of the show, Capolo, guessed completely, uh, almost completely right in his. That was so wild. <laughs> yeah, this is Stalagmite, Bastion of Eisenloft. This is the Ice Guardian equipment offhand. Has two defense. Whenever you defend with it, create a Frostbite token under attacking hero's control, and it has temper. And yeah, uh, Capolo, uh, who's a friend of the show, he's going to be on the show soon, and. Um, <laughs> He, he got that everything right except for the some of the wording and he had it as majestic um yeah pretty pretty wild I mean, uh, first of all this card i love this card oh yeah um before we even get into the gameplay um uh the gameplay of this card just the art is incredible i love the like extended art frame that mm-hmm. they've done for this plus rampart plus what we've seen uh one of the other guardian majestics um, but the chest piece uh earth floor bounty Mm -hmm. uh also has extended art like i just love the extended art with squished text box um it really lets the the art like be the centerpiece of it um makes it feel a lot more sort of awe-inspiring almost like it's it's just so cool Uh, and i love that they're they're willing to do that um but my one thought about this card uh that i think i might be off base uh i mean i don't play a lot of guardian but this card to me like lends itself almost perfectly to an aggressive guardian strategy Mm -hmm. and that feels weird because you know it's creating frostbites it's a guardian offhand so you're not playing the two-handed weapons um it, it feels like it would be a slower card but it's the fact that it has temper you can get a maximum of two frostbites out of this. So realistically, what you're going to be doing is defending with it to try to trip up your opponent as much as possible. You can wait. Uh, you don't have to block with this like at the beginning of their turn. You could do it in the middle of something. Like if you're trying to block, like um, trip up a Benji player or something. Oh yeah. Um, you can do it like mid combo um, and try to have as much of a defensive impact as possible. And then that allows you to retain cards in your hand so that you can swing back with your um, 
like what pulverize the 14 attack card that they revealed <laughs> um like to me I, i've seen a lot of people say oh well this card's bad because you could just be playing like crown of seeds and uh, rampart and i think that this card is for a completely different strategy oh, yeah. um i i think that it is for an aggressive deck to try to uh like trip up your opponent and steal tempo um or at least make them play way differently than they normally would because they're like oh well i could get a frostbite at any point um and uh just allow you to retain resources and hands so that you can have a gigantic swing back um when they really kind of weren't expecting it um so yeah i, I a lot of people are uh, rating this as like a defensive card i think this is purely an offensive card <laughs> oh yeah definitely i mean this card is is uh, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say it fresh to death i think this card and i'm yep. with you i think it it lends itself to a, a more aggressive strategy and it's a great option for certain matchups for for like oldham Absolutely. even if they're on the uh the defense side now there is a card we're going to talk about that is specifically very very good with stalagmite uh coming up i think in a majestic slot on guardian um but uh th yeah this card's awesome uh you know shout out to capolo i mean that, that was that was insane that he gets this you know everybody thinks like, he's got inside the, job the prophecy dude <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty crazy but uh, are you agreeing with me this is fresh to death or yeah um i i think that it's uh it's a lot better than people are giving it credit for but for different reasons um like i was saying like i i really do think that if you put this into an oldham deck um you can just have more opportunities to trip up your opponent uh it is less of a controlling strategy that this lends itself to um which is also something that people are sort of like questionable on i suppose but the with how um like efficient guardian attacks are i i think that even just having like one or two opportunities to create your moment by giving them an inopportune frostbite i think is like more than good enough um to get in your you know like a fused oak and old or something <laughs> that's definitely reaching for the stars but you know you, you get in gigantic attack when they tripped up their entire turn and then they have to block um, unfavorably and then they're on the back foot for the rest of the game. And I think a lot of it can just be tied back to, you know, giving them a random frostbite. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on this card. I, li I like it a lot. Yeah. And we saw with pre-ban Briar that, that go wide is the word. And this this uh, definitely likes to, you know, put it in go wide's face, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, we will see um, where uh, Slagmite ends up because he could be in both Oldham or Starvo. But um, exactly. um, pretty exciting. Next, we have Valda, Bright Axe, the, the new young Guardian hero. He's got four mm -hmm. intellect, 21 health. Ooh. Uh, she's, whenever... <laughs> she's thick. <laughs> yeah, she's a... She's beefy. It's she's hardy. She's ready to, you know, crush some skulls. Whenever an opponent draws a card during an action phase, create a seismic surge token for each card drawn this way. At the start of your turn, if you control three or more seismic surge tokens, cards you own with crush gain dominate this turn. This is a fun card. Very fun. Uh, I like the fact that she has 21 life. Um, I, I just think that that's really cool i mean we saw a lot of that um the willingness to change around life totals with uh the crew heroes mm -hmm. uh because the main ones from uh welcome to wraith and arc 
all had uh, just the regular stat line of four health or four intellect, twenty health. Um, then they were playing around with the space a little bit more in crew, and they've taken another opportunity to do it here uh, with Valda having twenty one, Icelander having eighteen, um, and then I don't know how much the merchant guy has off the top of my head. I think it might be twenty, but either way, um, I like the fact that they're able to do that. It's a really interesting and very incremental way to balance heroes, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to balancing like the whole class. Um, but outside of that, I think her ability is just like generally really good. Um, there, there aren't that many ways to draw cards in this game. And right now I think that's actually a pretty good thing because like drawing cards is really powerful in flesh and blood. I think maybe even proportionally more so than most other games, um, just because of the sheer amount of options that cards give you. Um, so even, even though it's like, okay, if you look at this and I, I know when people first saw Valda, they're like, okay, well, we play uh, coax a commotion and we make everybody draw a card so that you can get a seismic yeah. surge. <laughs> um, I don't even necessarily think that you have to do, like, you don't have to go that hard on it. You can just have Valda be, uh, an aggressive deck. Uh, you can play tectonic plating or the next card that we're going to be talking about, uh, earth lore bounty. And just have like incremental value from seismic surges um, mm-hmm. that get better the more sort of greedy your opponent is. Um, and then, of course, you have an extra life point, uh, which sounds insignificant. But when a lot of games go down to one life each, like it can be a real thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Valda is is very fun. Uh, I think she's very, she's good. She's very good. And I. And mm-hmm. I think she's going to be good for the game. I think it's a, it's a fun card to build a deck, to like make work right. Like mm-hmm. it really challenges your deck building, which I think is a really good thing, especially for Blitz, which is you know kind of the the more casual side of things. You know, people do get competitive, but yeah. <laughs> and 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 you know, and it's also um, something worth looking at for Ultimate Pit Fight if that's something they can want to continue to. Um, kind of have support for which this seems mm-hmm. like a, a shoe in for so uh yeah i think valda bread actually fresh to death i think it's great design i think it's a lot of fun i think i think uh i think people are gonna be kind of scared when this card's at the table you know because mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> size research tokens are good already so <laughs> on top yeah. of that my your crush cards get dominate so. Like seismic surges were good when the only way that you could get them was tectonic plating, mm-hmm. uh, and you could only get one a turn. Uh, like, and they were still <laughs> like people say tectonic plating is really good uh, because of like you know you get to pitch uh, a card of your choice every turn, so you can pitch stack relatively well. But also just banking a resource over every turn is like actually pretty good. Um, paying up front to continue getting um, like value over the course of the game is something that guardians want to do anyway. Um, so the fact that this gives you like relatively easy access to more seismic surges and the fact that she scales with the development of the game, if they do decide to print more cards that draw cards, uh, Valda just gets better. Oh yeah. Um, like she, she continues to evolve and adapt. Uh, and I just think that's like, that's great. As you said, it's just great game design. Um, I'm excited to see what sort of impact she makes on Blitz. I would love a point where Blitz becomes a more balanced format and less of a meme because I think it's just really fun um, yeah. because the games aren't quite as long as CC. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that if there was a way to make steps towards making Blitz more balanced, I think Valda is the correct path. Um, and cards like Valda are definitely the way we should be going. Um, so yeah, I would say maybe, I wouldn't say quite fresh to death. I think I'd put her at fresh. Okay. I think she's, I think she's fresh. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, maybe yeah. I'm just a little excited because she looks like she'd hurt me if I said anything else. But um, <laughs> no, but... we're we're allowed to differ. We're allowed to differ. We don't have to agree on every single thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, next, we got Earth Lore Bounty. Uh, this card is very exciting. This is uh, the Guardian Equipment Chest. It's majestic. Whenever you draw a card from the effect of an action card, create a seismic surge token for each card drawn this way. Has two defense. Has temper. Um, Tome of Harvest is very happy about this card. That's exactly the card that came to mind immediately when I first read <laughs> this card. Um, I the the deck that I have ready for Earthlore Bounty is a Starvo deck that runs all of the um, it's like Electrify and So Tomorrow and um, the other one, all the cards that like incidentally draw cards from Arsenal mm -hmm. uh, and. Um, and yeah tome of harvests because having tome of harvests as it is it's like it's okay it filters cards like you're basically pitching you pitch one card with one card in arsenal and then the tome from your hand so three cards turns into three cards in your hand um it's it's basically evenly cycling yeah. just getting a retry um but if you're able to get extra value out of it a la earth lore bounty giving you seismic surges um it just it just adds like even that little bit extra is very interesting and very worth looking at. Um, I think this might be my go-to uh, chess piece for guardian decks. Um, maybe specifically for Starvo, um, but I, I just love it. I love this card. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this card is really great. Uh, we'll see if it sees as much play in original Bravo, but I mean, I, I could see it. Oldham, Starvo, really, really going off for, yes. with Earth Yeah, Oldham too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this one for me, this one's a, a very easy fresh to death. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited to play with this card. Oh yeah, yeah. This is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. And another just amazing piece of art. I mean, she's oh, that bicep. Incredible. <laughs> it, like, dude, bigger than my house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> next we got no, we we got a. I mean, speak of great art, pulverize. This is a speaking of bigger than my house. This yeah, attack. My God, <laughs> this is the red pitch. Ten costs. Well, that's pretty expensive. It has fourteen attack, three defenses, yep. a guardian attack action. It's majestic. Has a a new uh, mechanic. Heave heave ho heave three. Um, at the beginning of your end phase, if Pulverize is in your hand and you have an empty arsenal zone, you may pay three to put Pulverize face up into your arsenal. If you do, create three Seismic Surge tokens. When Pulverize hits a hero, their first attack during their next turn has minus four. Whew. Uh, yeah, I... I really like this card, not necessarily as, and it's super weird to say because obviously the the main draw of this is that it's a huge attack. I think Heave on its own with a couple of the other portions of this card make it really interesting as like a utility piece because it, uh, it turns on uh, Rouse the Ancients yeah. on its own. Um, like you just reveal this and you've satisfied the requirement for Rouse. 
Um, the heave thing is interesting because uh, creating three seismic surges uh, sounds like something that Valda would like to do. Um, so you can just heave it into your arsenal, get the three seismic surges for Valda's ability on the next turn, um, and then uh, you just go to town. Um, the fact that one extra seismic surge brings it down from 10 to 6, which uh, 3 and 6 are obviously very important breakpoints for Guardian, mm-hmm. um, because it means, like, for 3s, you only need one blue to pay for it. With 6s, you only need two blues. Um, 7 becomes awkward, so the heave 3 going from 10 to 7 is weird, but it's pretty easy to get one additional seismic surge, pretty much regardless of what Guardian hero you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um even just with a tectonic plating. Like, I, I think that Pulverize is, as as weird as it is to say, it's a really great enabler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in my opinion, like, it's just a really interesting set of things. And then also it just happens to be a big attack. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, the utility of this card is pretty incredible, right? You know, like you yeah. said, you get the, the seismic surges. But also you're, you're throwing it, like... So you're putting it into your arsenal, getting the seismic surges. All of a sudden, you have something to tome of harvest with, or or yeah. crown of seeds out of there, replace it. I mean, actually, the uh, the unfortunate thing, uh, just to cut you off there, crown oh. of seeds does say face down card. Oh, in your face arsenal. down. Never mind. Uh, actually, so <laughs> very specifically. Crown of Seeds doesn't work, and I was just as devastated as you are. I'm sorry. Okay. Now, to- um, does Tome of Harvest work, or am I wrong there? Uh, yeah. Tome of Harvest does, if I remember okay. correctly. I'm actually just pulling up Crown of Seeds to make sure that I'm not telling you lies. Yeah, put a face down card from your arsenal on the bottom of your deck, but then uh, Tome of Harvests is just a card from your arsenal, I believe. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, uh, as an additional cost to play this, put a card from your arsenal on the bottom of your deck. So, um, Nice for, catch on the crown of seeds. I, I would have been torched in the uh, comments. <laughs> I, I was I was very devastated, and I was operating on the exact same thought, like on the same uh, train of thought as you. And if it did work with crown of seeds, I think it would be like too strong. Yeah. Um, it's like maybe a good thing that it doesn't. But uh, either way, I think that pulverize is in in addition to just being obvi- like the biggest attack and really impressive because of it um i i really like it i would probably put it as a fresh um just because like outside of uh outside of the utility just playing it as like a 10 cost attack for uh for 14 uh it sounds like a great rate but it's a really weird breakpoint for most guardian decks mm-hmm. um uh but it has like as I said, it, as weird as it is, it has decent utility <laughs> within yeah, the decks yeah. that you would find it in. I feel like we're, we're going to see one-ofs in a lot of decks. And yeah. one yeah. one and twos. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, also, I'm, I'm with you on fresh. Also, just as uh, a side note, this is a great silver bullet to pull out of your deck with Awakening when you're behind. Ooh, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Because you just make it super cheap and then you toss a free 14 attack card at your opponent uh and wow. you just you love to see it <laughs> oh man um next we have uh a nice little tutor card imposing visage mm-hmm. visage visage i don't know uh visage? yeah i think it's i think it might be visage okay. i don't know we'll get there it's one of those tomato tomato things <laughs> <laughs> uh it is a guardian action three defense and uh it's a blue pitch its cost is x three 
Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a weird one. That's new. Yeah, yeah definitely new. Uh, search your deck for an aura card with cost X or less. Put it into the arena, then shuffle. Go again. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty strong effect here. Uh, there oh, are sure. some solid auras in, in Guardian already. Um, now, it is expensive. <laughs> so... You can do X equals zero. I don't know if there's any good zeros off the top of my head, though. In in Guardian, I don't think they have any specific zeros. I could be completely wrong on that, but I think most of them are relatively big. Mm-hmm. You can get Chains of Eminence uh, because it's a generic aura that costs zero, um, which is not, like, uh, it's not nothing. Um, yeah. Chains of Eminence has seen some amount of play as like a niche sideboard card. Um, and being able to tutor it, especially with like a flexible tutor, is like, it's worth looking at, I think, absolutely. Um, something that I really like, um, because it still uh, lends itself to a, to a really nice breakpoint, is you can pitch two blues and this to find Showtime to tutor a Guardian card, and then on your next turn you get to draw a card off the Showtime. So it kind of replaces itself a little bit um, and also is like a secondary tutor. This can also technically be just any action card uh, or any attack action card, rather. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. going to see quite a bit of play um, in yeah. the more controly versions of Guardian. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess one, one cool thing you can go get is the Channel Lakes, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 you can get uh for you can get Channel Lake Frigid that would cost 5, which is actually fine if mm-hmm. you think about it because if you pitch two blues, you can activate tectonic plating and then with your five left over, you can imposing visage for Channel Lake Frigid. Oh yeah. Um so like that's a pretty good breakpoint. Um the other card or the other deck that I was uh I guess the other instance that I wanted to play this in is to get uh Channel Thunderstep in Starvo. Ooh. Um initially when this was first revealed uh the cost wasn't completely clear so people thought it was only xx so it would have been pay two to get um channel thunderstep but now that it's four four is a little bit awkward i think i would still maybe play it because give and go again to your attacks is really strong in guardian um but it's less exciting now i think just the flexibility of it on its own though is like for that maybe for that unique case Maybe I'm not as excited for it, but for every other like situation and um, how much of a toolbox this can make your deck, uh, I I really like it. Um, I like this uh, sort of you can adapt your game plan to what's going on thanks to imposing visage. You can find if you are playing chains, you can find your chains a little bit more consistently. Like it's uh, it's really neat. Yeah, and uh, I think I would say fresh for imposing. Visage yeah, massage. I would also say fresh. If it was XX, I would say fresh to death for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. X3 is a little bit more awkward. Although I guess the nice thing about X3 is once you start hitting, like uh, if you wanted to get something that cost four or five or six, you start to get better rates on yeah. it. Instead of having to pay eight for a, fourth, a four cost thing, you're only paying seven. So um, it scales nicer at higher mana costs, but for the lower stuff, it's... Uh, it's a little bit more taxing, but uh, yeah, as it is, solid fresh. Yeah, like yeah. It. Look at that one for later sets for sure, as more auras oh, sure. are printed. Uh, speaking yeah, of a good, good aura, 
I think this <laughs> next one is a great one to go get. This is Nerves of Steel. It's a blue pitch. Cost three. Three defense. When it enters the arena, remove a minus one defense counter from a chess equipment you control. Battle worn and temper on equipment you control doesn't trigger if it defends an attack with two or less attack. When your hero is dealt damage, destroy Nerves of Steel. Um, this is great with both Earth Lore bounty and stalagmite i mean wow against against you know certain decks but man oh man this this card's gonna be annoying yeah um especially because the deck that i'm most excited for right now is benji um (laughs) this deck or this card like oh my god it makes benji cry so bad because the only things that your opponents can defend with if they're defending your attacks is with equipment and most of the time, you're willing to trade your cards for battle worn and temper counters. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this, like, you don't actually get to come out of the exchange with more stuff as long <laughs> as they're able to defend most of your other things. So, like, yeah, Nerves of Steel is great. Um, unfortunately, the remove uh, minus one defense counter is only from chest equipment. Yeah. If it was from any equipment, then like stalagmite. Oh yeah, just get a refresh on that. Like, I see why they didn't do it because of that, but like, I gotta live the dream sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, oh god, it's gonna be. I mean, I feel bad for the Benji players, but in in uh, Blitz, you're gonna have to take up a whole one or two slots in a mm-hmm. Blitz deck to play Nervous Steel against something that's probably not even gonna be that good against most other decks, but um, still. Yeah. Really cool combination with Stalagmite and Earth Lord Bounty. Uh, I, I give it fresh, uh, you know, in 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 the right cases for yeah. sure. I would say I would say just because it is more of a, a like sideboard utility card, mm-hmm. um, I would put this probably just in between fresh and stale, tending mm-hmm. closer towards fresh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, j- like I I like it a lot. I love the effect. Um, in the right matchup, it's really strong. But in other matchups, it's just going to be like a blue pitch that defends for three, yeah. um, which is like fine. Um, there's, there's, uh, it's, it's good thing that it doesn't cost or that it doesn't pitch for like one, because uh, then I think it would be a lot worse. Oh yeah. Um, but the the worst case is that this is a, it's basically a gem, uh, which is fine. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with that. Um, next we have Thunderquake, so it's going to be available in red, yellow, and blue. It is a Guardian Attack action. Cost six. Uh, this is the red pitch. Um, ten attack, three defense. Six for ten is pretty solid. And has heave three. Um, which, as we said before, you can throw it into your arsenal if you pay three. Create three size mm-hmm. and search tokens. Uh, another card that is uh, happy to be in Valda for sure. Oh, for sure. I, I think that a Valda deck starts with Valda and probably two blue Thunderquakes. Um, like, it's it's the same sort of thing um, when we were talking about uh, Tales of Aria when you had me and Jim on, uh, on that one episode. Uh, blue pitch cards that attack for eight are mm-hmm. just really good in Guardian. Um and then this one has the added benefit of allowing you to not only bank three resource into your next turn, but also like interact nicely with Valda. Like if you're playing it in a Valda deck, it like oh, yeah. helps out a lot. Um, 
and the breakpoint for the resource cost is really reasonable. Like on its own, it's just an attack for six. Um, like you, you are sorry, you pay six for eight, which is already I think a card that you would play in in Guardian decks. Um, yeah. Worst case is if you have to get in the defensive after after heaving this, um, you keep one blue, and then you come in for eight for three resources on the following turn. Yeah. Can't you know? Pretty happy with that. Um, I think it's just solid. <laughs> just a solid card. I mean, it's it's not it's not setting the world on fire, uh, but uh, you know, somewhere between stale and fresh, I would say, um, you're you're happy to play it. Yeah, I think I'm I'm about the same there. Uh, I think that this is just like it's not an exciting card, um, but it's just like it's well designed. Um, I think that it works in the deck that it looks like it was designed to work in. And it does it really well. Awesome. Um, now, yeah. this next card. Um, when did you pose for this artwork, Phil? I want to know. This is uh Well, <laughs> it, it was in. It was. It was about uh, twenty-five pounds ago. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I would um, say. I mean, maybe twenty-five pounds to your biceps at one point, right? You know, there's a switch. They switch. It's just a yeah. osmosis of some sorts. <laughs> Uh, this is Macho Grande. Uh, this is a Guardian I, Attack I Action. It. I <laughs> Common. Um, uh, the red uh, is 10 attack for three uh, with three defense. Has dominate. Cost seven. Uh, we're probably going to be looking more at the blue, uh, which is yeah. eight attack with dominate, three defense, but cost seven. Uh, the seven's a little weird uh, for me, but I mean, yeah. it's a strong attack with dominate. Yeah, and like dominate is just generally a really strong keyword. Mm -hmm. um, I think that this would fit. This would probably fit in the same deck as stalagmite. Um, if I'm working off of that, like that mythos, um, because with uh, tectonic plating, uh, this becomes two blue to attack for eight with dominate, um, and it makes it more awkward for your opponent to block it charitably uh which i mean that's that's definitely not a new thing for dominate but having such easy access to it in guardian um where like if you look at bravo uh he could give dominate but it costs two resources um to like get that started um so like the fact that it costs seven at base is awkward with mm -hmm. our access that we've gotten especially recently uh with seismic surges it becomes a lot less awkward because it hits that next the breakpoint of six um again i think it's just a solid card um i may be like less excited about it on average than i than i am for thunderquake uh, but mm -hmm. they kind of find themselves in different decks yeah um like uh, i like macho grande just as like an efficient aggro card um that again even the eight or even the blue cost one attacks for eight so it's kind of like uh, glacial footsteps just a decent card uh nothing nothing to really uh put it out of the running for me so yeah uh like the last one probably between fresh and stale um yeah. like it's uh, it's not something that's gonna absolutely rev revolutionize guardian decks um but i would probably find a spot for it yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm, I'm at the same spot for that uh next we have uh seismic stir this is mm -hmm. a uh, guardian action comes in red yellow and blue it costs two, has three defense, and the red one creates three seismic surge tokens, go again, and then you can guess that the yellow and the blue do two and one, respectively. Yeah. 
I think uh, maybe Valda, the red one. I don't know if you want to like <laughs> the automatic trigger on the next turn. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of like that one brute card we were talking about where it's like creating se seismic surges is great, mm -hmm. but it's better if it has something else tied to it. Um, like just on its own, I don't know if this is going to be enough to make it see play. Uh, the interesting thing for me, I guess, is that it costs two. So if you pitch a blue to cast the red one, you can make three seismic surges and then you can use the leftover resource to also activate uh, tectonic plating. And then you have four, um, which is like kind of cool, but I, I wouldn't see anybody playing the blue one. Uh, the blue one yeah. is like actively bad, I yeah. think. Um, so if any of these see play, I, th I think it would be the red one. And even then, I think it just doesn't quite do enough. It's not worth a card in your hand, I don't think. I don't think so. Like this, this effect is stapled onto like Thunderquake and uh, yeah. Pulverize. Like it, it's, it's, you can pay uh, four more to staple an attack for ten onto this card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, and I think I would prefer that on average. So I don't know. I think that this is a lot closer to Rotten than Stale for me. Um, the red one is mildly interesting just because of the interaction with tectonic plating i was saying but i, I yeah. think just on its own it's probably not even worth the slot i think that's the most the most optimal scenario i can imagine it in <laughs> I'm, I'm going rotten on on seismic stir uh yeah. unless one day there's like a turbo seismic surge deck that needs it i'm, yeah. I'm not i'm not buying it um yeah. until they become like as important as rune chance i think yeah. we're uh I think we're okay just letting this one sit yeah, i think we're <laughs> we're far away from that um uh next we have steadfast which is a guardian instant um comes in red yellow and blue the red it costs three and prevent it says prevent the next six damage that would be dealt to your hero this turn by a source of your choice uh this is a sideboard card if i've ever seen one yes yeah this is definitely not something you'd want to main board um I, I, I'm like kind of struggling to see the the utility for this. And before you lambaste me for saying, you know, well, it prevents six damage. Um, like the the red one is, you know, it's good in that it prevents six damage, but it is also a red card, which is always a liability in Guardian. Yeah. Um, to me, I always funnel towards the blue cards, um, to so that they have the maximum utility and that they let me cast my other stuff. And for this, like, I would probably want to play this against something like Wizard. Yep. And in that event, I'm pitching a blue cost and playing a blue cost. So six resources total to prevent four damage, yeah. which is only moderately better than Arcane Barrier 3. So yeah. unless, the, unless the red is just that good, being able to prevent six from a single source, like being able to prevent like a, a forked lightning combo or uh something with one of the new wizard cards that uh ether wildfire which we'll mm -hmm. definitely be talking about it's like really narrow to me um it's interesting and it is absolutely a sideboard card i could see this making uh sideboards for guardians uh if the meta tends towards needing this much um i agree but for me for me i would say this is probably at least right now i would say that this is rotten for me I'm gonna I'm gonna say stale a sideboard stale. Um, mm -hmm. I think the red one. 
I think it depends on how strong we see Wizard be. I think the Red One will probably see play in Starvo sideboards. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, probably that's where we're gonna see it. I mean, six six arcane damage. Like six is, is a lot. Yeah, it is. It is big, and 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 I think what you do is <clears throat> you kind of arsenal it and and then wait. You know, mm-hmm. and and um, we'll see. We'll see. I I'm not I'm not super high on it. It's like a sideboard stale for me. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. It really it's it's all dependent on the wizard players out there. Um, yeah, which... it's really just dependent on how the meta shakes out. Um, yeah. Like I could see this being something that ends up being useful, um, especially at some point. But uh, as it is right now, like again, looking at the the blue one for arcane damage, uh, like I don't know. I guess it does technically help you turn something that maybe wouldn't block into something that does block mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't like have block innately but um I-, I would like to see a card like this be like useful and meta um but i don't think i don't think it's quite now no. for this card um yeah but that's guardian uh do you think guardian got a little help this uh set or or what man yeah yeah some of their stuff like i think on average guardian just got really solid support um like with the introduction of heave um with the really nice toolbox tutor and imposing visage um just like uh like macho grande just being a generically decent aggro card um like earth lore bounty being a cool build around to like play basically mono big cards uh and also sort of give you more benefit from drawing cards like guardian just feels like solid and consistent but maybe not quite as um like divisive or um Mm -hmm. you know the other word that i'm looking for as some of the other cards that the other classes have gotten uh not quite as discussion grabbing or discussion generating, but definitely like fine. Yeah. Um, just good. <laughs> yeah. Just good. Um, but that, <laughs> that moves us on to Ninja. Um, Ninja. Yeah, got a here's, new... here's where that, uh, that sentiment kind of, <laughs> uh, <laughs> explodes Ninja, a little bit. Ninja got some, a headpiece, new headpieces, mask of the pouncing links. This is a ninja equipment head. It has two defense. When an attack action card you control hits, you may destroy Mask of the Pouncing Links. If you do, search your deck for an attack action card with two or less attack. Banish it, then shuffle. You may play it this turn. This has Blade Break. Now, I don't play a lot of ninja, so I'm going to... I think this card is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not this takes the place of mask of momentum, and mm-hmm. it's like what I've said for the other pieces of equipment. This like caters to a different strategy. Yeah. And outside of like, if we if this was the only card we got from Everfest, I'd be like, yeah, you know what, this is a pretty solid card because it's essentially um, a Katsu uh, ability just on a headpiece. Um, yeah. which can be really helpful for like extending combos or uh, pushing through damage and uh, tutoring cards is just historically in every card game really strong uh, having access to any card at any given time uh, is really nice um 
in the context of the cards that we're going to be going into though i think this card is like maybe broken um i think this card is really 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 good um it's not quite as dependent or um it doesn't quite give you the same amount of inevitability as a mask of momentum does Mm -hmm. um i actually have really strong opinions on how good of a game design mask of momentum is um (laughs) just based solely on there are games that you can play when you're playing a ninja deck and you can have mask of momentum trigger exactly zero times it can draw you no cards throughout the entire game and it can still be one of the reasons like one of the major reasons why you win a game oh yeah um the (laughs) the fact that your opponent just has to play so differently around it and the game ends up becoming like it changes the way your opponent has to evaluate your attacks and makes them block really inefficiently and stuff like that. Like, I think that that's really cool game design. Um, and mask of the pouncing links is just straight up OTK, uh, find your good attacks with good on hits, uh, IE the Benji specialization, which is two <laughs> cards later than this. Um, and yeah, so again, totally different strategies, really good option, uh, for headpieces. Um, and okay. I think that uh, I this is like the the tippy top of fresh to death for me. I think this wow. card is ridiculous. <laughs> wow! Wow! The tippy top! Oh my god! Yeah, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, masculine momentum's uh, great, right? And I guess this <laughs> the choice. And I agree with your sentiments on 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 mask. Um, uh, I don't. I I probably on I'm probably on high fresh on mask of the pouncing links just because of how good mask of momentum is i don't yes. really i mean but then again i don't really play ninja as much so i'm gonna i'm gonna defer to you because you know you're passionate about it and you know yeah hey listen no, I, I mean i could see the merits of it because you go in to find <laughs> something and we're going to talk about some of these cars that you can find and yeah it's 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 pretty wild so um fresh to death from you yeah. high fresh for me um awesome it's awesome card all right i respect that a lot um and of course the other thing that makes this really important just as like a final note is that it just interacts so favorably with benji's ability um and that's the other thing too in like a katsu deck in an ira deck i don't think this this is nearly as impactful as uh mask of momentum it is i i am rating it uh high fresh to death based specifically on its interaction with like within a benji deck and with his specializations and just the way that you would build the deck. Um, but in that, I think that Mask of the Pouncing Links, like in that set of circumstances, I think this card is broken. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, really yeah, <laughs> definitely in that context. Uh, mm-hmm. Next, we have Break Tide, which is a majestic uh, yellow pitch. This is a ninja attack action. Zero cost, two attack. Hey, wait, you can get that with mask um two two attack three defense isn't that weird yeah uh combo if rushing river or flood of force was the last attack this combat chain break tide gains plus three dominate and when break tide hits banish the top card of your deck until the end of your next turn you may play it okay i mean until the end of your next turn text is really interesting because a lot of these effects have just been until the end of this turn oh yeah um, now th- this is this is a card that I could see making the pouncing links uh, playable in, in Katsu and 
and uh, Ira. But uh, this card seems pretty insane. Yeah. Um, the, like, just having, especially because, like, Rushing River is, I think, pretty commonly accepted to be one of the worst combo cards that exists. Oh, yeah. Um, like, it's it's not good, um, but it does turn on Flood of Force, which is a very good combo card. And then it also turns on this card, which is also a very good combo <laughs> card. Um so in that context, Rushing River ain't bad because it enables really, really strong other cards. Um, but yeah, like having a free attack for five with Dominate that also draws a card um, is just genuinely really, really strong. Um, as you were mentioning with Mask of the Pouncing Links, in a, like, if you attack with a Flood of Force and it ends up hitting, you can search for the Break Tide and then end with Break Tide. Um, and be like basically set up again for your next turn if that was the end of it or if you break breeze rider boots because this has combo it would get go again because of breeze rider boots for the like because all of your combo cards get uh, go again until the end of the turn after you break the boots um which if you hit another say i don't know if you hit the next card we're going to talk about spring tidings uh, <laughs> you can then play it and you can just like go off uh like break tide and flood of force are really great enablers for the strategy because they're free they essentially draw cards um flood of force goes into break tide which is kind of bonkers in my opinion oh yeah um and yeah it has two or less attack um so it just you can search it off of mask uh i think it's extremely solid um so yeah i would say i would say probably fresh or high fresh uh, for break tide, I'm gonna say high flash um, on break yeah. tide. I think I think it's very good, uh, and yep. I, I think it probably will perform at fresh to death levels. Um, but I could uh, see that for yeah. sure. Uh, but I, I think on average, pretty high fresh, which is still very good. Um, oh yeah, especially for ninja decks where the cards are pretty like the slots in the deck are pretty highly contested anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think this this fits in really nicely. Um, it helps you extend, and it just is a good aggressive card being zero for five with Dominate in uh, the optimal scenario, which is realistically the scenario you're going to be casting it anyway. So Yeah. Uh, next, like we, <laughs> we have a card that you're excited about. Spring Tidings. This is a Majestic. Cost zero. It is a ninja attack action. Two attack, three defense. It is Benji's specialization. When Spring Tidings hits... Draw a card for each other attack action with two or less base attack you control on the combat chain. Go again. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, wow. This card's yeah. uh, out of control in Benji. This this card, I mean, uh, so I will preface this with, I know a lot of people are, are frustrated about the amount of support that uh, Blitz Heroes got with this mm. set and uh, that they don't uh, they don't care about a lot of it or whatever. Um, I am so unbelievably excited for this card, and there are like a, there are a couple things and a couple reasons why that I think uh, like this card plus uh, Mask of the Pouncing Links, just the way that they interact is so disgusting. Um, so the 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 main thing for me is uh, in a deck that I that I was putting together just as like a spec list for this, uh, Spring Tidings was basically the only card in the deck other than like uh like leg tap i think like some of the combo enabler cards the cheap ones that just have go again already uh that are unblockable because of benji's ability outside of those and spring tidings everything else has combo uh 
Mask of the Pouncing Lynx allows you to tutor Spring Tidings uh, because it has two or less attack. Uh, Spring Tidings cares about base power. So for example, if you cast Break Tide previously and it got the plus three and dominate, even though it's not an attack for two, it has base power of two. Oh yeah. And Spring Tidings doesn't care if the other cards hit, just <laughs> if they're on the combat chain. <laughs> like they can, they can have blocked all of your other stuff and you can still draw cards off of it. And if you're not breaking the combat chain and you draw into a second Spring Tidings, it, it combines with the amount of cards that you drew previously. So for example, I'm getting so excited. I'm knocking my, my microphone around. But like, for example, this is like maybe Magical Christmas Land, but say you had uh, four cards in your hand. Mm -hmm. They all had unblockable because of Benji, because uh, they were like attacks for one or two or whatever. Yeah. You attack with all four of them. Your opponent doesn't block one of them. Uh, and the one that does hit, you are able to break your Breeze Rider boots to give all of your combo cards go again for the rest of the turn, and you break your mask to get the Spring Tidings from your deck. Banish it, and then you can play it. You play it. Uh, Spring Tidings will, like, maybe hit, maybe not. That's kind of the, the thing about it, too, is that they can still block with their equipment, but depending yeah. on how they do it, if this does hit, let's just Devil's Advocate, if this hits, you draw four cards because of your previous four attacks. Then... Again, Devil's Advocate, say that you drew another three cards plus another Spring Tidings. You attack with those other three cards. You attack with the Spring Tidings. You draw seven cards. <laughs> God. I mean... It, it, like, it sounds... In that specific context, it definitely sounds like uh, Magical Christmas Land. But the way that you actually play this deck is you play like moderately defensively until you get the first Spring Tidings into your hand. Yeah. so that you can tutor the second one off the mask, which is a little bit more consistent. You can also then set up like a uh, an attack reaction, like a, a Razor Reflex or something in your arsenal. Mm -hmm. um, like the the power of this combination, I think is not to be understated. I will like, this is maybe, these two cards are the most excited of for the, like of all the cards in this entire set. I'm excited to pull these the most. Um, uh, so this is a fresh death for you. <laughs> yeah this this is like right alongside mask high fresh to death uh it's super super pumped <laughs> uh I, I'm, I'm with you on this because i mean obviously it can only be played in benji and, and it's obviously going to perform very yeah. well i mean that's insane that is so insane <laughs> it um, just has so many things going for it dude like it's just every single line of text is beautiful it's its own piece of art <laughs> i i do not want them to make benji an adult hero because i do not want to deal no. with that in cc <laughs> No, it would be even more disgusting, <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, but that's going to bring us to Winds of Eternity. Um, this is a blue pitch, zero cost, ninja attack action. Two attack, three defense. Oh, another thing you can get with the mask. Wow. Um, com <laughs> combo. If 100 wins, which is a card we're going to talk about soon, was the last attack this combat chain, Winds of Eternity gains plus two, and when this hits, shuffle all cards named 100 wins, you own on the combat chain into your deck. We're just going to skip right to 100 wins right now, just so yeah. we have some context. Uh, 100 wins is a, or it comes in red, yellow, and blue. The red is zero cost, three attack, two defense, ninja attack action. Has combo if 100 wins itself was the last attack this combat chain. So if there was another one, this attack gains plus one for each other card named 100 wins you control on the combat chain. Go again. Um, so I guess you play a bunch of hundred wins and then finish it up with a winds of eternity and shuffle them all back in. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it uh, it sort of gives you, like, you can kind of extend wide for one turn, and then if you end it with Winds of Eternity, you can, like, kind of do it again, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, pretty cool. Um, I, I mean, it's it's sort of like uh, the Lord of Winds combo line from Welcome to Wraith, yeah. um, where it kind of just lets you uh, recycle um, stuff so that even if you are extending, you're not going to go into fatigue quite as fast as you normally would. Um I think the fact at the base, these are just free attacks um, that like slot into Benji reasonably well. Um, even though Winds of Eternity doesn't have go again, as I mentioned, it has combo. So it uh, gets go again from Breeze Rider boots. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these are just solid. Um, they're not quite as game ending as I think Spring Tidings is going to be. Yeah. Um, but I think they're like solid additions to a ninja deck. Um, Very fun. They're like a self-contained combo line. Yeah, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, very fun. I think uh, I would give fresh to the the, the combination of both these cards. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say fresh for for both of those for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, wins of eternity. You're not playing without hundred wins, so yeah, they're very dependent on each other. I mean, there are some really fun turns that you can have with with hundred wins in in both CC and Blitz. So um, excited mm-hmm. to see um, some decks with with both these cards but you know not overwhelming but definitely i mean definitely powerful just solid yeah just fine (laughs) but next we have ride the tailwind another zero cost ninja attack action uh comes in red yellow and blue this is a common it has three attack two defense on the red when ride the tailwind hits the next attack action card with two or less base attack you play this combat chain gains go again go again I was first kind of medium on this card. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, at its base, the red one is just a a free attack for three with go again, Um, Mm -hmm. which is, like, fine enough for for an an aggressive card, like a go-wide strategy. Um, But the thing that I'd actually just clued into right now, um, it cares about base power, uh, which is super weird because it means that if you play that, if you play uh, Ride the Tailwind and uh follow it up with like uh or i guess it wouldn't actually work that way because break tide cares about uh if rushing river or flood of force was the last attack mm-hmm. i was gonna say you could give it go again because it doesn't inher- inherently have go again but uh, ignore me um it's like fine uh, i don't think ninja is really hurting for go again especially yeah. on the cheap stuff so it, it blocks for two it's maybe worse than some of the other options they already have but it's not like an actively bad card yeah um, yeah i had probably a good budget option maybe um yeah for for people playing around with ninja but outside of that I, I'm, I'm not i'm not terribly excited about this card I, I would say it's pretty stale in terms of compared to other slots and and, and stuff like yeah. that but not bad by any means yeah it's uh it's not quite as much of an enabler as i would like again just because go again is pretty easy to come by in ninja especially for their cheap attacks um it only blocks for two like it's a zero cost that you could play to have your kadachis have go again Mm -hmm. um like you could pitch it so like that's always a bonus um but yeah it's like it's it's not rotten it's stale it's it's fine it's not super exciting maybe not the best card but not actively terrible yeah i agree uh next we have twin twisters it's a fun name 
Uh, comes mm-hmm. in uh, red, yellow, and blue. It's a ninja attack action. The red costs one. Oh, a one-costed ninja attack. That's interesting. Mm. <laughs> They're throwing a wrench at us. Uh, three <laughs> attack, two to de- two defense. Choose one. Twin Twisters gains when this hits your next attack combat. Or next attack, this combat chain gains plus one attack. Or Twin Twisters gains plus one attack, and it has go again. Um, I'm not super into this card for the same reasons I wasn't really into the last card. Um, tell me if you agree or disagree, Phil. <laughs> I, I would maybe even rate this one lower than Ride the Tailwind, mm-hmm. um, simply because it costs one, so you can't pitch it for Kadachi shenanigans. Um, we kind of already have this card. Um, leg tap is a, like leg tap red is a uh, one cost attack for four blocks for two and just has go again. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you choose the this gets plus one, it's just leg tap that doesn't enable combos and then if you pick the other one i guess it applies to any attack so it could also affect your kadachis but i i don't know it's it's like um there's another card for ninja salt the wound uh which is very similar mm-hmm. um if it hits it gives your next thing plus one it's not like i i would put this one closer to rotten um this is like a a, a more flexible option uh if you wanted to play leg tap um but leg tap is already kind of weird yeah. mostly because it costs one like it's it's a more versatile option uh but both of the options that it gives you are kind of worse than existing cards <laughs> yeah um, so yeah i would probably put this one at rotten yeah yeah i'm gonna agree with you i'm, I'm going straight rotten because uh, yeah. it's just eh, it's not worth it um yeah. the next one is our first defense reaction right since we started talking, this is yes. wax on. Um, I don't, it doesn't look like they printed wax off yet. Uh, so it's probably in the next. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's coming up. That's yeah, coming it's up. coming up in the next supplemental set. But um, wax on the it comes in red, yellow, and blue. Uh, the red is zero cost. Uh, defensor three. And while wax on is defending attack action card with cost zero, it has plus two. So it could block up to five. Um which is good for a zero-costed red defense reaction, but um, it's totally sideboard, uh, if if playable at all. Yeah, I would say if Lightning Briar was still a thing, if she didn't get nerfed into the ground, mm-hmm. I would say that Red Waxon is like really good, because most of their attacks were for zero anyway. Yeah. Um, so you'd be able to block for five for one, which is basically what they were doing to you anyway. So mm-hmm. it kind of puts you on, on equal footing. Um, also, I'm pretty sure this card was referenced in one of the like uh, preview teasers that they posted on Twitter um, with a card that has like unique um, like pitch. Uh, it was what pitch cost and defense or something, because the blue one, I think, is the first card in the game that isn't an equipment that only has one defense. Oh, true, true. Uh, innately. Um, so they're they're trailblazing that way. But yeah, against a meta that doesn't have a lot of goal-wide strategies, I think that Waxon is decidedly medium. Uh, probably like stale sideboard, kind of like what you were saying before. Yeah. Um, it, I, I, mean, I it, like the idea. <laughs> it could go up depending on, on, on what decks are, are good. Um, yeah. It's it's a very it's a card that becomes better depending on the meta that it finds itself in. Maybe in the um, mirror match a little bit, right? 
but yeah against other benjis but again it's a defense reaction so you can't defend with it from your hand yeah um they're yeah. attacking you with a with a small thing so it's it's a little bit of an awkward card again it's interesting but uh decidedly sideboard asterisk depending on the meta Man. <laughs> uh, we will so. see what wax off has for us in, in about a year yeah but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah, it'll be like uh for each wax on in your graveyard uh <laughs> deal 20 damage to your opponent or something. Oh, amazing it's totally broken but you know. <laughs> sideboard playable <laughs> Side, it's probably sideboard stale honestly no oh. <laughs> um so uh that was uh, that was all the ninja stuff obviously yeah. benji kind of kind of the the same story for brute right uh benji mm-hmm. benji's happy and i think you know yeah, the we, young we, hero got the yeah. most uh, the next class is Warrior, which I'm actually pretty excited about. Um, and we're mm-hmm. going to start off with a hot one. I'm pretty happy, happy about this card. This is Helm of Sharp Eye. I keep on wanting to say Helm of the Sharp Eye, but uh, I guess Sharp Eye might just be like a creed or something like that. But Helm of yep. Sharp Eye is a Warrior Equipment Head. has one defense. Um, this is the first Warrior Equipment Head um yes I, believe. I was looking forward to a warrior helmet yep and it has uh battle worn and it also has an attack reaction one resource destroy helm of sharp eye banish the top card of your deck you may play it this combat chain activate this ability only if you control a weapon with uh greater attack than twice its base attack mm-hmm. i think this card's great i think this is just i worth playing yeah yeah, um, I like this so much better than uh, the only other option that I had was like Null Rune Hood slash Arcanite Skullcap. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're in the same camp or not, but I am very staunchly like of the opinion that Arcanite Skullcap is like pretty much almost actively a bad card. <laughs> um, but it's playable because it's just the best helmet for a lot of classes that don't have helmets. Um like it's fine uh it is sometimes better than an iron rod helm uh but it costs three hundred dollars uh yeah it's it's a card you don't need that is for sure no no people like to look at the price and be like oh well flesh and blood is so expensive like (laughs) like i I tell people like do not buy arcanite skull cap it is not worth it um but anyway for helm of sharp eye to bring it back to what we're actually talking about i love this card um good it's such a better option. Uh, I like the fact that a lot of the other, um, like, banish you may play it um, cards for Warrior are you may play it this chain link. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're usually like uh, attack reactions or whatever, like off of uh, Singing Steel Blade, I think has that wording, uh, where you can only play it that chain link. So really just for that attack. But this one, like, you can, uh, if you banish, like, a hit-and-run or if you banish, uh, like, other stuff, like, enablers for the remainder of your turn, it's not just straight up a whiff. Mm-hmm. Um, is is that guess... how it works? Does it break the combat chain? How it works? I'm not entirely uh, sure. Was... Would you... I'm a judge, and I should know this, but <laughs> I think... I don't know if you have to actively choose to break the combat. Somebody's going to tell us in the comments, and I'm too lazy to look it up right now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I if think... that's how it works, it's, I mean, it's even better than I initially thought. Yeah, I, I think the way that it works is you have the ability to break the combat chain mm-hmm. at your behest at any point. Okay. But also playing non-attack actions breaks the combat chain on its own. I think at the time that you try to decide that you decide to try to play the card if it's not an attack reaction. 
I think it would still count because of when you're deciding to play it. I would need to look at like the steps of playing a card and whatever. But if that is how it is, cool. If it's not, fine. Um, but roast, it also means that if comments, you do, please. <laughs> yeah, please, please roast us in the comments. Uh, there's a local judge that always gives me a hard time for not knowing the rules. Um, but I don't, I don't want to bring up the the rulings right now uh, because that's a lot less fun than just speculating. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, even outside of that, if you do have to break the combat chain, like if you're playing Dawnblade and you have to attack with it again or something, mm -hmm. um, if it is an attack reaction, um, you're still, no, ignore me. It is still only this combat chain. Anyway, either way, okay. this card is cool. I like yeah, it. It's, yeah, this card's <laughs> that's, that's the point. That's the point I'm trying to arrive at. I think this yes. card is really cool. Um, even just getting a card off the top, uh, regardless of what it is, uh, yeah. I think it's just really powerful for Warrior. Usually you run yourself pretty dry on resources, so having even one extra is really nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you stroke a foresight and then pop something onto the top. and and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really, That's really big cool. That's brain, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think this card's fresh to death. I think this is, I mean, like, yeah. it's just, why wouldn't you just play this in any Warrior deck? It's just... Yeah. Um, I mean, I it's, guess unless you're not playing attack reactions or, or whatever, but I think, um, Helm of the Sharp Eyes, pretty, pretty awesome. Um, yeah. fresh I'm, to death. I'm me. in the same boat. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Fresh to death. Uh, I love that we now have like a dedicated option instead of Arcanite Skullcap, okay. uh, for warriors. I like it a lot. I agree. Next we have Shatter. This is, uh, one in a red to destroy target art. No, wait. Um, this is... <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if that's the the right cost for the magic card. But this is a uh, yellow it pitch. Is. It is. Oh yikes! Yeah. No. Uh, this is a warrior attack reaction. Three defense. Cost zero until end of turn. Target two handed weapon gains whenever this would deal uh, attack damage. Instead, you may destroy a defending equipment with defense less than the damage that would be dealt this way. This is a pretty fun card. I'm actually glad they printed this. Yes. Um, I really think that having more access to disrupting your opponent's equipment and in some uh, to some extent, uh, at some point in the future, I think that having cards that like interrupt your opponent's ability to use their weapon or mm -hmm. to like um, sort of kneecap them in some way like that, I think those are going to be really important. Um, so as I've said previously for a bunch of cards, uh, in terms of exploring design space, I really like this. Mm -hmm. um, I like that it's an attack reaction. I like that it costs zero, so you can get it off of Singing Steel Blade. Um, the one thing that I would have loved to see, which may, like, actually probably would have made this card too broken, is if it was instead of destroy a defending equipment it was just destroy an equipment oh yeah um because then against like prism uh you'd be able to like pop their footsteps or their <laughs> yeah. uh or their vestige and just like have a complete non-game or like against ninja you could break their mask and just open up uh the game entirely um but yeah, I love this just as like a one of silver bullet thing to get off of um singing steel blade uh even just as a gotcha uh, against your opponent um i like it i like the what this represents as well again the design space uh i like it a lot yeah i i agree um i don't know if it's necessarily going to see the most play right now but mm -hmm. i think the fact that they they specified two-handed weapon um it's got a really badass axe 
on on it. I mean, as are we getting a two handed axe for Warrior? I mean, that sounds amazing for Spillblood too. Oh my god. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, this uh, this card, the implications of this card are are really awesome. I'm gonna say uh, right now it's probably like a sideboard, like low fresh maybe. Um, I, I like it's it's. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to really want it in the deck because, like, right now, Dawnblade is, like, the two-handed weapon you want to be... Like, it's the only two-handed warrior weapon. Mm -hmm. um, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Um, oh, I guess Raiden, right? Yeah, that, Raiden's two-handed, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, now, I, mean, I guess for Dawnblade, I mean, you, you want to be dealing the damage instead of not. Right. Yes, uh, because you would lose all your counters if it mm -hmm. doesn't deal damage. Because it wouldn't have counted as it, if I remember the like resolution of calculating attack damage correctly. Mm -hmm. um, if I if if I remember correctly, this would mean that Dawnblade has not hit, and therefore it would lose its counters, which is a really awkward interaction, um, yeah. and means that you would have to like hit the first time and not use Shatter, and then attack again and yeah. then use Shatter, like. I think that if we do get like an axe that isn't quite as like hit dependent as Dawnblade, mm -hmm. uh, one, I think that that would be sick. I, yeah, I love that'd be amazing. And uh, two, I think this is going to be like a relevant effect later, and it's it's good that they're not afraid to print stuff like this. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I, I like it a lot. So I would put this maybe maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh, but I'd probably put it at stale like for now. Okay. Uh, yeah. Asterisk for now. Um, I think that it has a lot of room to grow. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I yeah. and I, I'm probably still cyborg low fresh, but I just with the off chance that Raiden Bolton is 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 the yeah, way after after all this. So we will see. Um, really yeah. cool card, an amazing art. I want that on a play mat so badly. Oh, um, phenomenal. Speaking of amazing art, here we got blood on her hands. Uh, this is a yellow warrior action, cost zero. It is Kasai's specialization. It has three defense. As an additional cost to play blood on her hands, destroy any number of copper you control. For each copper destroyed this way, choose a mode. You may choose each mode twice. Target one-handed weapon has plus one while attacking this turn. Target one-hand weapon has go again while attacking this turn. Target one-hand weapon may attack twice this turn. Go again. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is... <laughs> this is I mean, it's fun. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah, I uh, the I, I haven't personally played Kasai that much. We have a couple local players that mm -hmm. do, and uh, most of the time they're playing Kasai. It's just because of her effect to give, um, like the second attack is free. Um, the second saber attack costs mm -hmm. one resource less. Um, so they do get copper, but it doesn't end up amounting to anything. I think that this is for something that you're going to be amassing, like just for playing the game. And having this kind of be like a game ender on its own right, um, I think that Blood on Her Hands is like actually a pretty solid inclusion for for Kasai. I think mm -hmm. it's a really strong uh, option for her. Uh, and I think that having the full six, like choosing all three modes twice, I think it's like more likely than not something that will happen. Um, I, I like that it challenges the way you build her. In, mm -hmm. in the fact that you're, you know, because it is a it's a payoff card, right? You know, you wanna you wanna create these coppers, 
And you probably want to be pretty defensive until you have the coppers to go off with blood on our hands. And um, that's interesting. I, I don't have a ton of experience with Kasai, but um, I am a Warrior fan, so it is um, it's intriguing. And I, I kind of like I like where it's at. I mean, I would say fresh. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I put this just at about fresh as well. Um, like on its on its own, if you do get the full six, um, mm -hmm. like again, if you were playing like a little bit more defensively, getting in two uh, attacks each turn, uh, you round up a little bit of copper uh, enough to get the six. Um, you like just playing this without the buffs that Centauri Sabers get innately. Mm -hmm. um, this represents twelve damage uh, because each of them are two base. They each get plus one uh, from the first line. They have go again, so you don't have to worry about giving them a go again through something like hit and run or anything like that. And then each of them can attack twice. So yeah, it, it, like on their own, they represent twelve damage um, and. Uh, I think that that's just a relatively strong finisher, um, oh, yeah. especially since you're not looking to do this right away. Mm -hmm. um, like pushing through damage in the end game, uh, I think this is a really effective way to do that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so solid fresh for me. Yeah. Now this next card is a is one of the cards that I'm most excited about. This is Oath of Steel. This is a majestic. This is a warrior action. Cost zero. It's a red pitch. Whenever you attack with a weapon this turn, put a plus one attack counter on it. At the beginning of your end phase, remove all plus one counters from weapons you control, and it has go again, and it defends for three. Um, this is super powerful. Um, yes. It's a shoo-in for Bolton. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird. The one My one complaint with this card is it's counter intuition with dawn blade <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny because it has counters yeah <laughs> um uh very very nicely done but yeah it's it's kind of awkward that it doesn't work with dawn blade specifically mm -hmm. like it's the one warrior weapon that it doesn't like yeah. it like actively works against yeah um kind of uh i think in uh like saber combo bolton i think that this is really solid on mm -hmm. a turn where you can you know, double Lumina plus this. I mean, that's like super overkill, but that probably represents, I don't want to do the math, but it has to be over 30 damage. A lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, like a, a ridiculous amount. Um, and then even in like Axe Dorinthia, um, I've had yep. turns where I'm attacking with uh, like one one of them twice and the other one once. Um, so that represents, this is like a zero for four damage uh, and you don't care about the counters being taken off. In Kasai, with with blood on her hands, uh, with them being able to attack twice, it's an extra six damage. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think it's it's solid. Um, it, it's really interesting. Um, I'm I'm sad that it doesn't work for Dawnblade, but yeah. uh, I think it's it's a good way to push through some extra damage and try to close out a game for sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think what we're looking at here is just strong utility. I, I I like that outside of Dawnblade, which we've said, it really pushes Warrior in, in any way you want to play him or, or her. Um, now, mm -hmm. that, that that's exciting. And, and I think, and I mean, for the Sabres deck, I think it's pretty intense. So, And yeah. I'll be playing it in Dory Axes for sure. Um, mm -hmm. I have it a low fresh to death. Um, it'll probably be, perform more at a fresh level, but... <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. putting my foot down. 
I had uh, I had mine pretty close to that. I think I had it at like a, a, a mid to high fresh. Um, I love warrior cards. Uh, I think that it just it, it it's just nice. Um, and it's like a pretty decent aggressive deck for uh, or pretty pretty decent aggressive card for uh, decks that want to attack multiple times with weapons. Um, and you know, two of them ends up being kind of scary <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but that's uh, that's probably not going to happen quite as often as as I would like. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I like it. I think it's cool. Yeah, good card. Really cool. Next, we have slice and dice. I don't know why this isn't a uh, KO card with dice in the name, but <laughs> <laughs> it comes in red, yellow, and blue. Uh, this is a warrior action defense for three, uh, zero cost. Whenever you attack with a sword or dagger this turn. If it's your first weapon attack this turn, it gains plus one. If it's your second weapon attack this turn, it gains plus three. Go again. Um, I misread this card initially. I thought that it was just the buff on your next attack. Uh, this card's interesting for Dory. If it's your first um, one. Oh, yeah. Because it, it counts both buffs. So this is technically a zero cost four buff on Dawn oh, if you attack yeah. with it twice um kind of good yeah I, I misread that's solid um i i like that um it's it's kind of it kind of fits in the same space as sharpened steel mm -hmm. um as the same sort of buff where it's a front end buff and not an attack reaction um but the fact that it's like both attacks and uh it gives the second attack like more uh agency and it makes it harder to to block um I I like this. Uh, I could see it. It, it. For me, I think this absolutely fully replaces um, Sharpened Steel if you're playing it in, in a Dory deck. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's uh, It gives the, the bigger buff to arguably the more important attack. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm, I'm probably like a low fresh on it, um, yeah. you know, but uh, it's going to be it's going to it's going to play well, I think. Um, yeah. And you're... In in general, I'm like a low fresh to high stale on sharpened steel in general. So mm -hmm. it's an improvement on a card that I'm not super stoked about at base, um, but it is better. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this this card has a little bit of hype behind um, some warrior decks. Here's Blade Runner, which is uh, strange for the rest of the uh, the art is like you know what looks like the the movie Blade Runner. And then the rest yeah. of the art, and then in the in the set looks like a, a carnival. I don't know what's happening here, but um, it is a one cost uh, warrior attack reaction. Target one handed weapon gains go again, and the red one has your next weapon attack this turn. Uh, your next weapon attack this turn gains plus three. So it doesn't buff the one that you're reacting to. It buffs the mm -hmm. next. Yeah, Wait. I. I like this in axes, actually a decent amount. Because mm -hmm. um, even the blue one is good. Um, you don't necessarily care about how big the buffs are for um, for axes. Uh, even just like a plus one. If you do this on, if you cast this on your first axe, it's for two. And then your second axe, it gets the plus one from this and its own ability, so it becomes four. Um, and having unconditional go again in axes is great. Um, I yeah, I honestly think this is just a super solid attack reaction. I'm gonna um, call it fresh, man. I'm, I'm calling it fresh. Yeah, yeah I think that's an easy fresh. 
Yeah, I'm excited about Dory Axes actually. So, mm-hmm. um, should be fun. But in the swing is another card, uh, Warrior Attack Reaction. Zero cost comes in red, yellow, and blue. Three defense. Play in the swing only if you have attacked two or more times with weapons this turn. Uh, target weapon gains. Target target weapon attack gains plus three. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it takes a takes over a slot that you're already playing in these decks already. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because the slot that it's competing with um, and how effectively it's competing is is uh, sort of up to interpretation. But uh, Iron Song response in that. It's the same sort of buff. It's a zero-cost attack reaction that buffs by three, except it doesn't have reprise, um, mm. which is a little bit awkward because uh, I've definitely had turns that get stymied because my opponent act, like effectively reads that I have Iron Song response and just chooses not to block, and so it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, this one you can cast even if they don't block, but you have to be able to attack twice. Um, so it's sort of like a side grade. It's like an option depending on your meta and how effectively your opponents can read you um it's it's weird um uh, again it's it's similar to iron song response uh but different so (laughs) if you were feeling bad about iron song response you could probably swap it out for in the swing and Mm -hmm. see if it works um i'm like probably stale on it it's not super exciting um i like uh, stuff that gives go again, which is why I'm like higher on Blade Runner, of course. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably say stale for in the swing. I'm I'm at stale too. I, I, it just it's just not gonna fit in. Um, I I don't think it's better than Iron Song Response anyway, uh, personally. But uh, cool card regardless. Uh, next we got Outland Skirmish, a zero cost warrior action. It's got three defense. Uh, your next one-handed weapon attack this turn gains plus three. The next time a weapon attack hits this turn, create a copper token. Uh, has go again. This comes in red, yellow, and blue. Um, here's the coppers that we're looking for for Kasai. <laughs> yeah, outside <laughs> of just her her own ability. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, it's it's uh, sort of like we were saying before with slice and dice, mm-hmm. um, where it sort of takes over uh, sharp and steel. Uh, I think most effectively it takes over Sharpen Steel in Kasai. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, this this card doesn't really excite me as no. somebody who doesn't play Kasai. Outside of it, it the Copper Token just isn't that much of a buff. So it's no. it, it's essentially just another copy of Sharpen Steel, which, as I mentioned before, is not a card that excites me either. So yeah. um, strictly I, worse because it's only one-handed weapons. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Stale, maybe tending towards rotten. Yeah, um, I think I'm at rotten. Just, just don't play this yeah. card unless you're playing like, Kasai, I guess. If you're playing Kasai and you really need the coppers so that you can have like a more effective way to use uh, blood in, blood on her hands, mm-hmm. uh, I could see it as an option to make it a little bit more consistent. But I, yeah, it's it's a little bit narrow, and the upside of a copper token just isn't quite as good uh, outside of blood on her hands turns. So, eh. yeah. Uh, that was Man. Warrior. That's some some cool stuff out of Warrior. Um, oh, yeah. uh, next is Mechanologist, which, to be honest, I, I don't really even know what's going on with Dash sometimes or or, or Data Doll. Uh, but it looks like uh, they got some tools. Uh, first is yeah. Dissolution Sphere. It's the yellow pitch. Cost two. 
It's a majestic mechanologist action item. Enters the arena with a steam counter. At the beginning of your action phase, destroy it unless you remove a steam counter. Whenever your hero would be dealt exactly one damage, prevent it. Um, this is a cyborg card for um, Viscera, if I've ever seen one. Yeah, it's like almost exclusively targeted towards uh, Viscerai. Um and like I think it's it's okay at at doing that. Um, it's a little bit awkward because starting with it in play with Dash like isn't necessarily what you would even want to do mm-hmm. um, because they're likely not making their largest amount of uh, rune chance turn one. It's like that. This sort of. Um, our opinions about dissolution sphere seem to be the opinions that the larger mechanologist playing community has about the other uh the other majestic that was also spoiled around the same time mm-hmm. uh which we'll get into in a second but like they got like sideboard cards uh instead of like big beefy exciting cards um like yeah. for most of the other classes that we've looked at um so they're very divisive um i don't play a lot of mechanologist but i would say that like dissolution sphere probably like stale it's really interesting and preventing one damage is really strong um but it's the fact that it's exactly one damage and not like reduce by Mm -hmm. one like a zen state token would um so yeah i would say probably it's it's a sideboard card and as a sideboard card it's really narrow uh probably like low stale uh unless viscera starts running rampant yeah yeah uh, I mean, which which I think he might be a little bit. But mm. next we got microprocessor. This is Data Doll's specialization, which uh, <laughs> this is a blue pitch, two two costs, uh, mechanologist item. Uh, once per turn action, you can cost zero, opt one. Once per turn action, draw a card, then put a card from your hand on top of your deck. Once per turn action, banish the top card of your deck. Uh, oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> the first time you activate <laughs> microprocessor, each turn gain one action point. Um, I mean, I guess it's good. In da- I don't think Data Doll's good, so I don't. I well, mean... just because you're right doesn't mean you have to be mean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think that considering how weak Data Doll is, mm-hmm. and considering the type of deck that she sort of makes you want to play. This card is very good for Data Doll. It doesn't necessarily make Data Doll good, but it's a really good card for Data Doll mm-hmm. um, because it just sort of freely allows you to pick any one of these. If you already know what the top card of your deck is, you can banish it. If it's an item, you get it into play. So it's it's like kind of trying to mitigate her lower hand size. Mm-hmm. Um, it can make things like slightly more. Um, more smooth by you know if you don't know what the top is you can opt and then cast something that has boost um you can fix your hand a little bit by drawing and each like the first one of those each turn is free um so you can like you you know you can opt one and then play something with boost play something with boost and then you can like uh you know banish the top card of your deck or something um you can still end with a second uh one of the activations uh so it's really interesting and it is so close to what data doll actually needed what she needs is ways to buff her in, uh, intellect reliably yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh in the context of data doll uh this card is fresh to death yeah yes. in the context of flesh and blood uh 
low stale. <laughs> yeah, very low stale. That is a great way to put it, and uh, we're going to just put yeah. that stamp on that. Uh, next, we got Signal Jammer, uh, the Mechanologist Action Item Majestic. Zero Cost is the other one we were talking about. Enters the arena with a steam counter. Beginning of your action phase, destroy it unless you remove a steam counter from it. Each hero can't play more than one non-attack action card each turn. Uh, very narrow, again, but, you know. Uh, I, I, I just don't know with these cards if... Like, they're obviously very good on uh against what they're supposed to be good against but can you get the timing right is the question um because yeah, the fact that they're so like ethereal the fact that they only last for a turn really i guess mm -hmm. like kind of two turns mm -hmm. um because you remove the one and then it stays around for the turn even though it has zero and then the next time you try to remove one it breaks but even then like two turns of this effect is relatively narrow as you mm -hmm. said it's just for wizard i guess right yeah, like it, it definitely, it, that's actually one of the things that I saw people talk about is uh, if you're playing dash against wizard, you start with this in play and it makes their first two turns like actively extremely bad. Mm -hmm. um, so in that sense, uh, against specifically wizard, this card is really good. Mm -hmm. And with that in mind, I think I'm actually going to build um, like a, a hyper aggressive uh boost dash blitz deck uh because there are a couple people in my local meta that uh that like only play uh kano okay kind of, kind of sick of it <laughs> so, all right yeah well hey um, that's a pretty good way to go yeah just exclusively to prey on them but like outside of that it is really narrow eh, eh. yeah yeah i um, i uh, sideboard stale for me I, yeah you know. sideboard stale yeah pretty accurate uh, next we got Teclo Pounder, whatever uh, you know. It's a strange name, but uh, it is <laughs> it's a, a blue pitch, two cost, a mechanologist item. Enters the arena with three steam counters on it. When it has no steam counters on it, destroy it. Once per turn effect, whenever you boost an attack action card, remove a steam counter from Teclo Pounder. If you do, the attack gains plus two. Uh, this sounds like what you'd want in your turbo boost decks, I guess yeah it's it's a good option to just sort of add a little bit more on top of what you're already doing um the awkward thing for me is that i think this probably like i don't know i'm not a game designer but i think this mm -hmm. probably could have just been an effect like it, it like just a, not a once per turn effect um because it's only three times anyway and you can't there aren't ways as far as i know to put more steam counters onto things i think mm -hmm. there's a uh there's like pour the mold potentially or uh, there's an item card that allows you to play an item card or put an item card from your hand into the arena if you've boosted this turn it at, like it enters with an additional steam counter that's but, a lot of work uh it's a lot of work uh mm -hmm. for this like plus two is like plus two for basically free uh is fine especially on an attack that will likely have go again um per turn it's like maybe a little bit slow. I think that of the the four that we've seen, of these four Majestics, I think this one is definitely like the strongest, but I yeah. unfortunately I don't know that that's saying a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, high stale, maybe if you want to, I don't know. I think just the Turbo Boost deck wants it, and that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit narrow. It's very aggressive with no other real utility. I would say, yeah, like high stale, maybe low fresh if you're feeling really charitable. Yeah. Um, which I'm not. No. I, I, <laughs> no, I think it could have not been once per turn and yeah. probably still would have been fine. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Mechanologist item. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now we're actually getting into, I think, the card that people are most excited about for Mechanologist. T-Bone? T-Bone? <laughs> At least from what I've seen. Yeah. My nickname in college? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just uh, a zero-cost Mechanologist attack action, three attack, three defense, boost. If you control a card on the combat chain that was boosted, the defending hero must defend T-Bone with an equipment they control if able. Yeah, so at base, uh, this card is really good um, mm-hmm. because it counts itself. Um, yeah. it, if you boost it, it is a card on the combat chain that was boosted. Um, so it makes your opponent block with an equipment. Obviously, they can block with like their null rune stuff and satisfy that because it has they have zero block, but that's still a defense value. Um, so you can't necessarily... Um, like snipe important equipment from your opponent uh quite as easily as uh, i think i saw some people saying online um but i mean uh in crew mechanologist had um magnetic shockwave which is this card but bigger um it's like a two cost attack for four or something that makes your opponent block with their equipment equal to the number of boosted the number of times you've boosted this turn Mm -hmm. um so having like a smaller version of that effect on a zero cost attack for three with go again is like solid like absolutely fine um basically pure upside yeah i so probably just a solid fresh probably yeah like yeah. it's it's just a it's a solid boost card uh it fits in with the um zero to 60 zipper hit uh throttle package that runeblades or that uh, mechanologists already have so yeah um now i mean i think the this next card payload uh well at least the red is two for six it's a mechanologist attack action uh six attack three defense if you have boosted this combat chain it gains dominate uh this just feels like a this feels like a common you want in in draft um i don't know if it's really going to fit into any decks no not not really i mean there's um they already have a two for six, and I'm pretty sure it's Throttle. Um, hang on, Throttle, Fab. I'm pretty sure Throttle is a two for six with boost. Uh, yeah, the red one is a two for six with boost, um, which I think in Mechanologist specifically is better than Dominate mm-hmm. um, because you know it means that you can just attack again, uh, and that's really great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think that Payload is definitely like... Unfortunately for a da- for a, a set that's not supposed to have draft chaff, I think this is draft chaff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just rotten. Like, I mean, by no yeah. fault of his own, it's just it's just no. You know. it, it has good things on it. Like mm-hmm. dominate is a good effect. Six attack is a good amount of attack, but just yeah. in a different class, this would be better. Um, yeah. Obviously, with a different keyword too. But like, mm-hmm. it's it it's just not very good. I wouldn't play this. Rotten it is. Zoom in is two for. A five attack, three defense, mechanologist attack action. When you attack with zoom in, opt X, where X is the number of times you boosted this combat chain, and it has boost itself. Um, this card, so it comes in red, yellow, and blue. I feel as if, uh, I mean, opting's good if you want to set up your boosts, but you, uh, I don't. Maybe, Most maybe. Of the time, you don't even have to. Yeah, exactly, and like maybe. 
I could see maybe Data Doll wants to make sure that you're boosting into the items, right? Because that's what yeah. Data Doll wants to do. But outside of that, I this is this is just. I mean, there's just better mechanologist cards to play. Yeah. Um, if it was set up in a way where you could opt before you had to boost, because um, obviously, like you declare the attack, you pay the costs, and then the card starts to resolve. So if I'm if I'm correct then you would have to choose to boost this first then you would get to opt oh um, really which on yeah oh, on so one hand you get to, yeah, gotcha. yeah on one hand you get to at least opt one um mm -hmm. because if you decide to boost this you would have at least one opt or one uh, one boost already but uh on the other hand like if you're opting after this eh, i i don't know especially if you wanted to get more than one opt in you have to do this later in the turn mm -hmm. and yeah it, it's just like a lot of hoops to jump through for not a really great uh payoff uh so i think this one's also relatively rotten yeah i'm, I'm at rotten for or mechanologist dude yeah, yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> i only care about the heroes i like damn it no <laughs> um <laughs> actually fair <laughs> uh next and the last mechanologist card we have is rotary ram comes in red yellow and blue say Mechanologist action, non-attack action, it is zero costed, three defense. Your next mechanologist attack action card. You play the turn games plus three. If you have boosted this turn, put Rotary Ram on the bottom of your deck. Go again. Um, this is a. I, I don't think this is what Dash wants to do. I don't think this is what Data Doll wants to do. Uh, maybe I'm missing something, but uh, I, I don't really see it. The, the only situation I can see this relevant in is uh, in Dash, in specifically CC, because um, mm -hmm. a lot of the builds that I see are a little bit more controly and they're based around like pistol, and uh, the games do end up going a little bit longer. So the fact that this can put itself on the bottom uh, for you to either draw again or to boost away at the end game mm -hmm. is like fine upside. It's not awful. Um, I don't know necessarily that Dash was like clamoring for a card like this uh, i think that's just the best situation that i can think of right now for this card it's not super exciting i wouldn't say that it's quite as rotten as uh the other two commons that we looked at um it, like at the very least it buffs your next thing by three for free yeah um but like pretty pretty low stale um yeah I in agree. terms of like excitement factor <laughs> high rotten low stale uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's mechanologist uh didn't really get mm. much juice um but no, they, they kind of got shafted a little bit a little bit uh we have merchant Probably. merchant got yeah. two cards a new hero <laughs> genus what you need uh, i new... love k okay. fresh to death name alone that's it that's all yeah i, need. I, mean, I mean it's pretty... <laughs> so <laughs> it's four intellect 20 health uh, once per turn action, you can pay two. Each other hero may put a card from their hand on the bottom of their deck. If they do, they draw a card, and you create a silver token. If you gain no silver this way, draw a card. Go again. Um, uh, silver is is pitch three to draw a card. Um, I mean, th this is this is for multiplayer. Um, it's right. Yeah, it, it it's weird. I was actually talking about this, uh, I believe, yesterday. Um, the merchant class in general is a little bit weird because mm -hmm. each of the cards so far that like look to be made for merchant 
are not merchant cards they are generic cards mm-hmm. um and that doesn't seem all that impre- like all that crazy but it's a it's a very interesting distinction because it it means that merchants just don't really have anything that super sets them apart and the the way that his ability plays out during a game if you look at it between one uh, like uh, multiplayer and uh, 1v1 mm-hmm. in multiplayer you activate it and if one person decides to put a card from their hand on the bottom of your deck um you uh like they, they prevent you from drawing the card and you get one silver token so it's mm-hmm. like maybe likely that your other opponents just choose not to um like they just choose to not sink below um but uh yeah in 1v1 it's a little bit more interesting because it actually gives your opponent a lot of uh like a, a really a relatively important choice to make yeah because uh, if they decide to not then you just get to like cycle a card in your hand um which is kind of cool but uh yeah i think he's like purely for fun i think mm. right now the merchant class in general is purely for fun yeah. um which isn't bad i have no issues with that at all um but i i'm not i'm not itching to make a genus watch you need deck i am i'm excited to have one so that i can show people uh, yeah. in the same way that i show people smash with big tree yeah. um, <laughs> um, but uh yeah i think uh we need to create a new rating for merchant cards at least for this set and that's gonna be uh called the the fun zone um <laughs> we're sending them to the fun zone you guys have yeah. fun over there and just like the next card which is a legendary um which i don't know how i'm gonna feel about opening a merchant legendary but it'd be cool to have regardless silver palms yeah. two defense merchant equipment arms at the start of each other hero's turn if they have less life than you they may draw a card if they do you create a silver token um nah, fun zone to get, the fun zone you go yeah. i mean i i want to give it a rotten for being a legendary and not something cooler um but i you have to imagine that there's going to be some kind of crazy merchant support going down the line they're like there has to be right yeah. like <laughs> all the items in this, this, this set and then this and i mean yeah like it, i i i don't see why this couldn't have been a majestic honestly mm-hmm. um like to, to line it up with all the other equipment that was printed in this i i do think that uh there is potential for this to become a, a really good card for merchant once they actually like build out the class and have it be a real class uh that doesn't just live in the fun zone yeah. um because like silver tokens at their core aren't super exciting um they're just you know pay three draw card um but i mean there are payoff cards like uh, some of the other merchant cards like um knickknack bric-a-brac yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh cash out cash out. that do care about that mm-hmm. um but like giving your opponent the ability to draw cards for it like at least genus's effect doesn't leave them plus one uh mm-hmm. they have to put a card on the bottom to then draw a card so they their hand remains the same this one they just straight up draw a card um which feels really bad so i i i'm going to say this card is going to be absolutely insane at some point in the future because yeah. the way that it's designed it has to be otherwise it's useless <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i use it's actively bad yeah yeah uh I'm, I'm with you on that uh it's gonna yeah. hang out in the fun zone and 
and yeah. then uh, giving this one a hard low fun zone <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> very uh small amount of fun zone but um that was merchant <laughs> and that's the fun zone uh next we have ranger cards which is dread boar is the first one uh oh. this is the ranger weapon it's really cool it's two-handed bow yeah. once per turn action it's majestic sorry uh it costs one resource you may put an arrow card from your hand face up into an empty arsenal zone you control if you do it gains plus one until end of turn go again arrows you control have defense reactions can't be played from hand this chain link pretty strong yeah so this was revealed by a good buddy of mine red zone rogue and uh i really really like this card especially going into what a lot of uh what what i'm anticipating actually to be a little bit more of a mid-range meta Mm -hmm. um where hyper-aggressive decks don't necessarily win out and more controlling strategies happen. Because um, against, like, Sync Below and Flick Flack and whatever, like, Dreadboar is allows you to get through a decent amount of damage. Um, the main concern is whether or not this beats out, uh, especially for Lexi, whether or not this beats out Voltaire, uh, which I don't necessarily think it does, but it is very interesting in Azalea because it allows your on-hits to... Uh, be a lot harder to block <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah um like being able to hit somebody with a red in the ledger or something if they're not able to you know if they're not able to sink below or uh, staunch response or something and um to help mitigate it uh i think it becomes a lot more difficult it also means with the addition of dreadbore that azalea can now actually reasonably play uh bolt and shot um because her other bows didn't give plus one attack but this one does so oh, yeah um could be like, azalea's time could yeah. be um i i like I it i would give it a high fresh uh i'm not quite yeah. at the fresh to death though i mean the name and, and effect is pretty awesome yeah um, it's uh like the the art oh my god the art is phenomenal um the uh the name is metal uh big fan <laughs> of that and uh yeah i think that it's just a really solid um like it would probably be if you're not building around it with like Bolton shots and stuff, I would say it's probably matchup dependent where you would maybe swap between this and something else, depending on how defensive you anticipate your opponent's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like basically turning everything into like, uh, like kind of the uh, lesser talked about half of command and conquer, mm-hmm. um, but having it as like a static ability on all of your arrows is pretty good. Pretty strong. Uh, I'm not upset about it. And yeah. guardian's afraid of that because uh, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's tough, but um yeah Absolutely. so are you are you at fresh with uh dreadboar as well uh yeah yeah, yeah. high fresh yeah. high fresh uh next we got battering bolt this this card's pretty awesome it's a majestic um ranger arrow attack uh it costs two six attack three defense when battering bolt hits a hero they reveal their hand discard all cards other than action cards they lose one life for each card discarded this way this card is really interesting uh i have uh, a couple of people when i was uh talking about this with just like friends uh when spoiler season was happening uh they were a little bit down on it because it's like oh well they can just like use their attack actions to block or mm-hmm. their action cards to block or whatever and then they're left with defense reactions um that uh that don't lose them life or whatever um 
but I don't know, especially with like what we just talked about with Dreadbore, um, stranding their defense reactions, making them use their attack actions to either block or then losing them if they don't um, mm-hmm. block it entirely. Well, they would um, they would lose everything. They would lose the defense reactions. Oh yeah, other than action yeah, cards, yeah. right? So yeah, it strands their attack rea- or their, it strands their defense reactions in their hand, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, yeah, like. And then they have to discard them and then lose life. Um, so I think that especially with how effectively Ranger can introduce buffs onto arrows, um, like with uh, Seek and Destroy and um, uh, Take Aim and stuff like that, like I think this card is actually relatively scary. Oh, yeah. Um, the the on-hit is like pretty good. I wouldn't say it's super game-changing, but I still really wouldn't want to stare down the barrel of a Battering Bolt right now. <laughs> like... It's uh, it it prevent it presents your opponent a very uh, terrifying choice. <laughs> oh yeah, and it, great against warrior. I mean, let's let's. I mean, like yeah. Oh god, lose all your attack. Discard all cards up in action cards. Oh, just lose god. everything. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, I'm gonna give it a solid fresh. I think it's pretty solid. I, I don't want to see it on the other side of the table at all. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. Uh, next we got Tri Shot, which is a blue pitch majestic. It's a ranger action, cost zero. You may activate target bow you control two additional times this turn. Go again. Defense for three. This card is so weird, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. um, it's good with the Dreadboar. It, it's good with Dreadboar. It's super good with um, super good with Voltaire, especially uh, if you're able to do it at the beginning of a three of a kind turn. Um, oh, yeah. you can just give a bunch of things go again like and it, at the very at the very base uh, again like one of the main things I look at for cards when evaluating them it blocks for three it pitches for three and it costs zero mm-hmm. like all of these are just so good um, I think this is just a generic like pretty decent support card um, it might not win you the game like on its own because it realistically on its own it doesn't do anything mm-hmm. but it fits in nicely with what ranger wants to do and it works nicely with all the bows they already have um so i would say like solid high fresh high, high fresh. fresh yeah i think uh yeah solid fresh for for me too uh next yep. we got rain razors um this is a zero cost majestic ranger instant uh pitches for yellow um Arrows have plus two while attacking this turn. Um, pretty pretty strong on your go wide turns. I mean, this all mm-hmm. that that could be an easy four or six damage for zero. Yeah, and it's an instant, so you can like feel out how your opponent is going to block, mm-hmm. um, or possibly like make their their plans to block even more awkward. Um, I really like this card in Lexi. Um, I usually have really wide turns with Lexi anyway. Oh um, so yeah, even having this as a zero for four or a zero for six, um, which also pushes through potential on hits and stuff like that. I, I, I like this. It's maybe slightly narrow, yeah. um, but I don't know. I, I, I like it. I, I'm willing to play it uh, in Lexi for sure. Like I'm, I'm going to be testing it out. Um, I would put this at a solid like mid fresh. Yeah, I'll uh, probably, maybe, maybe low fresh. Low fresh, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, next, we got uh, the first rare. The release attention comes in red, yellow, and blue. Uh, zero cost ranger action with two defense. Your next arrow attack this turn gains plus three and defense reaction can't be played from arsenal this chain link. So um, they wanted to cover the arsenal part uh, with this card. Yeah. 
Um, so like for for example, this alongside Dreadbore means defense reactions can't be played. This yeah. chain link. Uh I guess I, I guess at least for your next arrow attack. Um it's like fine. Um high stale for me because I just feel like yeah. there's better options. Yeah, and like with um with remorseless, remorseless has that uh, defense reaction can't be played from Arsenal, like just inherently, um, and it's on an arrow that has a good on hit. Uh, I think dedicating a card to that, even though it gives plus three, like I would prefer playing take aim because it allows mm -hmm. you to reload, uh, and reload is just so strong. Yeah, um, I I agree. Yeah, so like high to mid stale. Yeah, um, it's it's not horrendous but it's also not exciting um the 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 bonus that you get from it is is pretty narrow um yeah. so i agree <laughs> yeah uh fatigue shot i mean this one is interesting i don't really love it but uh it's fatigue shots one for five attack three defense uh, comes with red yellow and um the blue this is an arrow attack when it hits a hero, the base attack of the first attack action card they play during their next turn is halved, rounded up. This is just so unnecessarily complex on a common. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> it's just what are you what are we doing here? Yeah. I I like this card against like Bravo. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe Prism if they're like heavy on heralds. Um but other than that, it's like it's very much like a silver bullet, or I guess like a silver bolt, because yeah. it's an arrow. I don't even um, want it against Prism because it doesn't break their Phantasm, right? Yeah, that too. Um, like so, yeah, it, it's pretty narrow. I would probably say low stale. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's one of the less impactful on hits that I've seen for arrows. Yeah. Um, in in an optimal situation, it can. Like, say you played it, and then your opponent was going to play Pulverize. Uh, instead of 14, it's 7, and it's saved you 7. But that's, like, the optimal, the absolute yeah, best-case yeah. scenario. <laughs> and they're still uh, coming in for 7, you know? it's And like, they're still coming in for 7. Like, you're yeah. probably still dead. <laughs> Low stale. I'm almost borderline rotten on it, but... Uh, yeah, and, and there are I, better arrows. Yeah, and I think this next one's still... It's, like, going to be pretty similar here. It's timid, Timidity? Timidity? Uh, timidity point? yeah timidity point uh one cost five attack three defense arrow uh, attack for the red um when it hits a hero attacks they control lose and can't gain dominate during their next turn um i mean you could just whiff on that right yeah they, they could just not have any cards or any way to give dominate um this isn't relevant against every class. Uh, mm -hmm. It's still also like a lot of the cards that have dominate are just gigantic attacks anyway. So like if I wanted to protect myself against cards with dominate, I would prefer fatigue shot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that it's more impactful in those situations. Um, so yeah, I would probably put this one at rotten. This one's lower than fatigue shot for me, which is already oh, yeah. pretty low. So. Mm -hmm. Rotten. It just misses. Um Yeah. And then we have read the glide path. This is a ranger action. Uh, zero cost. Your next attack, your next arrow attack this turn gains plus three. Um, opt one. Go again. Um, I guess. Would you want to do that with Azalea? I guess is is really the yeah. opt one is is where it comes in. Yeah, I would say that this finds its best home in Azalea. I I think it's 
like it's a good rate for the buff mm-hmm. um like it's it's kind of the same it fits the same slot as take aim in that it's a zero cost plus three that does a thing that's uh beneficial to azalea's ability um the reload is almost better because it gives you something to put on the bottom with azalea's ability whereas this like allows you to look at the top to see if you can set up um it is still relatively narrow um if you really were hurting for those sorts of effects like buffs that also interact with azalea's ability i would say that this card's fine um but i don't know if that's necessarily what she needs to become like viable or competitive um so unless i'm overthinking it or underthinking it i think i would probably put this at like low stale it's maybe high stale it's like fine it's better than the last two arrows we talked about (laughs) yeah it's just stale like i guess you know uh it could see some play but um the moves rune blade everybody's favorite class um, yeah, I've heard a lot of complaints about these cards, so let's uh, <laughs> yeah. to talk about them. <laughs> uh, Vexing Cool Hands, which is the uh, Runeblade Equipment Arms uh, Majestic, has uh, zero defense, uh, has an action, destroy it to create two Runechant tokens, go again, has Arcane Barrier 1. Um, well, this is just, I guess, you throw this in against Wizard instead of your Grasp. Uh, yeah, because in that matchup, you wouldn't care about the block anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it's just strictly upgraded Nullrun gloves. Yeah. Um, the thing that's nice about this that um, I was considering is uh, in like decks where you care about having a specific amount of rune chance or you just want to have like more explosive uh, Bloodsheath Skeleta turns or Sonata Arcanics turns. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to do like the same thing with grasp, it would cost you at the very base five resources. Uh, yeah. The first one costs two, and then the next one costs two plus one for the one you just made. Although uh, no, it's a once per turn action anyway, so you wouldn't yeah. be able to do that. But even with that even being said, that makes this point a little bit stronger. That this just creates two root chant tokens. It's only one time, but if you're using them for like an explosive turn where you're getting a bunch of discounts because of Skeleta. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like it as like a, a front-loaded thing. At the very least, it adds two damage, um, which is pretty competitive for um, for uh, an arms piece. Yeah, um, like we have we have shock charmers, which adds one uh, for two resources and is repeatable. But uh, even just at its base, as strictly better null rune gloves for rune blade, uh, I like it. Uh, I think it's like fresh plus uh, like high fresh. Yeah, yeah I, sure. I would say fresh. I mean, it's cyborg, you know, implications are there. And, you know, I mean, grasp is so good, but, you know, against a wizard, it's good. Uh, next, we have runic reclamation. This is a majestic red pitch, three cost, seven attack, three defense. Uh, when it hits a hero, destroy target aura they control if you do create a rune champ. Let's just. Um... Prism is weeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This card is. This card's pretty good. <laughs> Um, uh, I look at this card and I mean, it's just, it's just all upside. This is a, just a really yep. strong card. Um, I guess uh, not a lot of auras out there outside of, I guess illusionists and, and maybe some seismic surge tokens. I guess you can blow up mm-hmm. one of the, your opponent's rune chants too. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just. You a could, card. you could use this to blow up your opponent's showtime before it, uh, before it uh, mm. pops and gives them a, a card on their turn. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, um, 
I'm just straight fresh on this car. I think it's it's really good. Yeah. And, um, I don't think it's, it's fresh to death, but it's not like super flashy or exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just does a lot of things really efficiently. Um, it's just a big attack for three, which is fine. Um, it kind of like again against Prism, this card is insane because it is for seven, so it blocks and uh, pops Phantasm. Uh, you can attack them directly and then still blow up their, you know, if they have a Genesis or whatever out, um, you can still pop it with the on hit and then you also get a rune chant. Um, like it's just a really, really efficient card. Um, it's it's probably better as a sideboard card than, um, ninth blade of the blood oath. Uh, a hundred percent. Seen a lot of people run that specifically for the prism matchup. And I think this card just. It blows it right out of the water. <laughs> yeah. Um, so fresh on that. Uh, next, we got Swarming Gloomveil. Uh, Majestic Red, zero cost, three attack, three defense, Runeblade attack action. If you played or created one or more auras this turn, it gains go again. If you played or created two or more, it gains plus one. If you played or created three or more, it gains when this hits a hero, they can't prevent arcane damage from sources you control this turn. Um so, uh, what what do you think about this card? I have thoughts, but what do you think about this card? Um, I think, uh, I think it's good. I think a zero cost yeah. rune blade attack, um, rewarding you for making rune chance, which you want to already do at least in Viscerai. Um, yeah, I mean this this card's, uh, I think it's going to be uh, annoying, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful art though, I gotta say. Oh yeah, the the art is spectacular. I, I don't remember who I was talking to, but somebody said that uh, it was like very Yu-Gi-Oh art, and I kind of agree. Um, yeah, yeah, I can but see. But I, I don't, I don't. Sometimes I say that like a bad thing. In this case, I like don't. It's actually pretty badass. Yeah. Um, I like the like sigils and the sword and the pauldrons. Like I think it's just a really sick uh, piece of art. Um, the thing about this card, I think it's really good, mm-hmm. but also it's kind of a trap. Yeah. Um, because the last line, the three or more, is like never going to be relevant. I would love to see somebody make it relevant, but I just don't think it's ever actually going to come up in a game. Um, it, it sounds like a huge upside where it's like, oh, if it hits hero, they can't do the thing. But like if you've made three or more uh, auras, normally we'll say like because it's the easiest way to do it, you're doing that in Viscerai. Mm-hmm. And you've played like, say, like a read the runes that you somehow gave go again. Mm-hmm. or got an action point after or whatever. Then you're attacking with the Swarming Gloom Veil. It's a zero-cost attack for four with go again. And then if it hits, they can't prevent arcane damage from sources you control. The uh, rune chance that you just created popped because you attacked with this. So then yep. if you wanted to take advantage of that, you have to make more rune chance and then yep. attack again. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of hoops to jump through for that, but like like you said before, as just like a low-cost attack for, even if it's just a zero for three with go again, like in chain, it works in the belittle package because you can reveal it to belittle because it mm-hmm. has a base, co- a base attack of three. Um, it can get go again, um, even if you play it later in the turn after you make a shackle because um, it just cares about if you've done it this turn. Um, so it's just like... It's, it's so an efficient strange. attack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is strange. I, it's, I'd probably give it a low fresh. Um, yeah. But... it uh, People are going to be a lot more excited about it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, like, basically just another copy of Scar for a Scar. Yeah. Like, 
it's oh, it's yeah. that sort of card. It it li- it lives in that area. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so um, you know, we'll let those roommate players, you know, get excited about it. Yeah. But uh, low fresh. I got me. banned out of the game, so yeah, yeah I'm I'm the same. <laughs> um, next we got Revel and Runeblood. This is majestic zero cost Runeblade action two defense. If you have played an attack action card and and another non-attack action card this turn, create four rune chant tokens. At the beginning of your end phase, destroy all rune chants you control. Go again. So this is kind of like a piece where where you want to go off when you play this card. Yeah. You, you want it to be the turn that you go off. It's, it's, it's a lot of work. It is. Um, and uh, this is sort of, this is actually the card that made me start evaluating cards by like pretending their attacks. Mm-hmm. Um because this one, I think, pretty charitably makes itself, um, like, you can relate this to Red Scar for a Scar. Uh, it has two defense. Uh, it creates the opportunity to do four damage. But if you don't do the damage this turn, you lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, like, kind of is just an attack for four. I think that this card is, like, actually really solid in chain. Um because you can pretty realistically weave this after you like you know play uh, howl from beyond from your banished zone and then attack with uh, even if you wanted to do like you know swarming gloom veil or any of the other things after shackling you like shackle play an attack that's a low cost thing then play revel in rune blood then like attack with rosetta thorn like the attack for rosetta Th- with rosetta thorn is eight damage um and it's like i don't know i like it's solid i don't know necessarily that it pushes him further past where i think he is already mm-hmm. um but i could see it having a place in chain um just to sort of keep the pressure on and continue going wide um and uh yeah i like it i i think this is probably in the context of chain like a high fresh for me um just because he has access to you know, going wide like that and usually attacking after satisfying this and playing it, and then usually you can attack again after that. Yeah. I think I'm in probably low uh, fresh because yeah. I, I just, I mean, I just don't know. It's going to be tough to fit in in some of these decks, I think. For sure. um, yep. for, it's it's a good effect, but I, I, I feel like it will be marginal compared to what you could already play, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Cool card. Um, yeah. next we have rune blood incantation with, which has red, yellow, and blue. This is a aura it is one cost for the red, uh, two defense enters the arena with three verse counters at the beginning of your action phase, remove a verse counter. If you do create a rune chant token, otherwise destroy rune blood incantation. Uh, do we really want, uh, rune chants over three turns? Like, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is um, low stale. I wouldn't say rotten. I mean, I think it's fine, but... Yeah, like, it's it's an aura with go again. It's a non-attack action for rune blades because they care about that. Um, if you're really hurting for non-attack actions to turn on, like, stuff. Um, yeah. Like, even Revel in Runeblood, I guess, but... Yeah, like the red one being like the quote unquote best one being and over three turns. Like three turns is so long. Oh yeah. Um 
so like charitably maybe the blue one is the best um, because it has the most like utility you can pitch it for more resources and you get the most immediate full version of its effect Mm -hmm. Um, but like I don't know yeah low stale I I wouldn't call this like completely unplayable again because there is just the the synergy of it being a non-attack action with go again Um, but I think this could have also cost zero um like you don't get any benefit from it until your next turn uh which just feels super awkward <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, yeah I'm, I'm with you low stale i mean yeah it's yeah. whatever it's fine uh next we have drowning dire uh two costed five attack three defense rune blade attack action if you have played or created an aura this turn it gains dominate and when it hits, you may put a non-attack action card from your graveyard on the bottom of your deck. Um, it's a fine effect, but where, what deck is this going into? I, I, I'm, I don't, I don't think there's any. It's just the rate's not the best. Yeah, like a two-cost attack for five is awkward. the The best situation I can find it, I can find for it, is being able to shackle to give it go again in chain, mm-hmm. and then that also gives it dominate. Um, but in that deck, like you're pretty, uh, low to the ground on resources. Um, mm-hmm. you don't want a bunch of things that cost a bunch of resources to play. Um, the recycle effect is fine. Um, it's good to like put howl from beyond ba- or, uh, no, is that what it is? Howl from beyond? That might be a magic card. Uh, um, no, no, howl from card. beyond is the, is that still in the, comes out of the vanish zone, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, <laughs> it's like the buff for three that costs two or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah uh so it can like put that back on the bottom uh but yeah i think you're right in that the rate just isn't the best if this was like a one cost attack for four i think i would maybe be a little bit more excited about it but mm-hmm. two is just so much yeah um low stale for but me. yeah in like a budget chain deck i could see this being a decent option um, sure but like yeah low, low stale um definitely not exciting um yeah. pretty awkward play. yeah definitely and th- i'm gonna say this next one is kind of similar this is reek of corruption two costs for a four attack three defense uh rune blade attack if you have played or created an order this turn reek of corruption gains when this hits a hero they discard a card um what's, what's the the other one the uh corrupting or the, oh, the one that the... already sees play that yeah, makes... the one from uh, Crew. I think that's a one for four, and it's yeah. if you've dealt arcane damage, um, it gains the thing. Uh, yeah, I think that this card is uh, rotten. Two for four is an awful rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, discarding a card is strong, but like I don't know. Even if you wanted to pump resources into buffing it, uh, I, I just don't think that's quite worth it. Yeah, um, rotten, 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 rotten. Yeah. It, it does it, reek. It could be better, and it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, reek. <laughs> um, like but uh, next we have uh, Shrill of Skull Form. Two for four. Another two for four. Three defense. If you played or created an order this turn, Shrill of Skull Form gains plus three uh, attack. Brings it up to a seven. Was the, with the blue would bring it up to a five. It's still not even. I mean, I don't know. It, it feels like I, a, um, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. I, if, if I was really hurting for cards in chain, I could see this as an option. Uh, I think again, specifically, like I mentioned before, the, the type of chain that I like to play mm-hmm. runs a belittle package. 
um so having the like the yellow or the blue um that you can still reveal to belittle to get the minnowism um after you shackle uh it gets the buff so this is like a two for six uh it's kind of like a budget option uh, again I, I think this is like mostly a budget option i don't think it's horrendous i think it's better than the other commons that we've seen um in terms of just like sheer uh usefulness at least from my perspective mm-hmm. um and like a two for seven is fine uh especially like if you I'm, I'm rating basically everything through the lens of playing chain and the aura that you're creating being the shackle to give this go again so like a two for seven with go again is great but if that's all you're doing then it's not spectacular yeah. um i'd say like high stale high stale um yeah, i can get on board with that yeah like it's 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 not like a game-breaking card but it has its usefulness it can sometimes come in for a bunch of damage uh i think that chain likes it i don't know that really any other runeblade likes this at all even a little bit mm-hmm. um outside of the most charitable interpretation of it uh, i think this card is like low stale maybe rotten but in chain i could i could see myself playing the blue or the yellow um if i really needed to (laughs) yeah yeah very budget very budget um yeah yeah yeah. all right and now we're gonna get to wizard um first out of the gates we got icelander so this one was uh, spoiled a little bit early um this is the young elemental wizard hero majestic four uh intellect 18 uh health essence of ice if it's not your turn you may play non-attack action cards with blue color strips from your arsenal as though they were an instant whenever you play an ice card during an opponent's turn create a frostbite token under their control i personally am very excited for this card seems like a lot of fun i'm also very excited for icelander um i think that uh, the way that I was anticipating to play her is uh, very different from the way that uh, at least my local community uh, like thought that she should be played. Mm-hmm. And it almost had to do with the fact that like Wizard didn't have options before. Like they, they didn't really have an alternate game plan other than just count to 20. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they had uh, so many things that just straight up dealt arcane damage no other additional effects and obviously we're going to get into a lot of the other effects that they were just given in this set um and i like what they're doing in that they're sort of giving you additional options they're rewarding you for playing on your opponent's turn which is something that wizards already kind of do Mm -hmm. um but it makes the class just more fleshed out and more interesting as a result um so I, I really like Icelander. Uh, I think that a control wizard uh, deck can definitely be helmed by her. Uh, the plus three health that she has over Kano is like not insignificant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's like actually something to, to consider. It makes her just a little bit hardier. Um, and I really just want to uh, flash in a Channel Lake Frigid on my opponent's turn and give them a Frostbite at the same time. Me and you both, so, buddy. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm excited for it. I have the two. Hang on, uh, since I'm since I have my uh, my thing up, my my camera. It. I have two alt art like frigids oh, waiting for a deck right now. So <laughs> cool! Oh, I'm very jealous. <laughs> um, I I think Icelanders is so cool. I just love the design. I'm gonna give give her fresh yeah. to death. Uh, it's just gonna oh, be a lot of fun to Easy. play. Um, Easy. I'm really excited. Next, we got Kraken's Aether Vein. This is the Majestic Wizard Weapon. It's a two-handed staff. Once per turn, instant has 
three pitch or you cost three deal one arcane damage to target opposing hero draw a card for each arcane damage dealt this way um i'm actually not a fan of this card uh i feel like uh, unless you have some way to buff it it's not ever going to be worth it and it, it has to hit so yeah like if, if it gets arcane barriered uh it just doesn't do anything uh i was actually like trying to come up with a comparison between this and uh crucible of Etherweave yesterday and it's like the way that it works for me at least is you pitch a card and pay one to crucible of Etherweave to add a damage onto your next thing mm -hmm. uh for for kraken's Vane, you're pitching a blue card and in the best case scenario, they don't block it or they don't arcane barrier it. And you've traded a card in your hand. You, you've traded a blue card for a random card from your deck plus one damage to your opponent. Mm -hmm. um, and that just like really doesn't feel like a worthwhile trade unless there is some way in the future to allow you to buff the arcane damage it can do. Um, I think that Crucible of Aetherweave is just better. Yep. Um like it, it leaves you with two resources after still does the one damage and doesn't feel quite as bad if your opponent arcane barriers with the extra one because mm -hmm. it's not like you were anticipating drawing a card anyway yeah. um <laughs> yeah i think as of right now uh kraken's ether vein is pretty booty i think i would put it at rotten <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't know if right. i play this card all right i'm gonna <laughs> give it a low stale just because i want to see someone make it work but um... oh yeah i would love to do that too <laughs> But uh, next we got Sigil of Parapets. This is a blue uh, pitch, one-costed wizard defense reaction with two defense. While it is defending, whenever you play a wizard card, Sigil gains plus two. Um, right, right out of the gates, I'm not a huge fan of this because it's a... I mean, obviously you can block big time, but if you're if you're pumping it a bunch... You're already winning in Wizard. It feels like, right? Yeah. Is am, am, am I wrong in saying that? I, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like that's what no. Wizard wants to do is play a bunch of Wizard cards. So why not have instead of a defense reaction another Wizard card to start throwing at their face? Yeah. the The like awkward thing right now is there aren't actually that many enablers to allow you to at least consistently play at instant speed on your opponent's turn. Like, there are ways you can do it with, like, Storm Striders and um, with Kano's ability uh, chaining together, like, um, what is it? Stir the Aether Winds to give your next thing uh, can be cast as though it were an instant mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But it's not anything that's, like, reliably built in that you can repeatedly do. Um, so it feels like more often than not, you're probably going to have Sigil of Parapets in your hand and not be able to play at instant speed, at least not in a way that's, like, good mm -hmm. um so this is definitely the card that they were uh they spoiled or they like teased on twitter where they were like oh this is a one cost card that can potentially defend for 10 <laughs> um but like i i really don't see this defending for more than four and in that case why not just play sink below yep um like i think this card is it has a high ceiling uh and it will get better as uh if we get more ways to like play at instant speed but like even if you look at it here, uh, the rest of the cards for Wizard that were printed in Everfest, none of them like allow you to play at instant speed other than Icelander. Mm -hmm. um, none of these have the, you can play this as though it were an instant blah, blah, blah text. Um, 
So yeah, I think Sigil is maybe, it, it probably falls in the same place as like Aetherize, where at some point, maybe it will be good. Yeah, yeah. But right now, I don't want to pull one. <laughs> no, no. I would say low stale, low stale. Um, yeah, low stale. It um, has potential. Yeah. Um, either Wildfire's next. This one's pretty cool, though. Uh, this is Majestic. Yep. It's a red pitch. Cost two. Wizard action. Three defense. Deal four arcane damage to target opposing hero. If it was played during an opponent's turn until end of turn, action card effects that deal arcane damage deal that much arcane damage plus X, where X is the damage dealt by either Wildfire. Uh, yeah, this is this is a seems like a shoe in for for uh, our boy Kano. Uh, yeah, I think that this is the exact opposite end of the the spectrum from Sigil uh, Parapets. <laughs> I think that this card is really strong. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm for sure going to lose to this card uh, <laughs> a, a decent amount. Um, the fact that like one of the one of the most awkward things about playing against Wizard for me is even if you like kit yourself out as much as possible and you get like Arcane Barrier three, maybe even up to four sometimes if you're feeling really scared. Um, let's say you're doing Arcane Barrier three. That means you can barrier reliably three of this. Uh, what they're likely going to be doing because it gives them the maximum amount of benefit is on your turn, they're playing this and they're buffing it with Crucible, which means it's five damage, which mm -hmm. means it gets two through if you barrier all three of the remaining and then it buffs every other attack or every other um, wizard action by two for the rest of the turn. Oh my God. Um, so I think it's really good for like aggressive decks uh, like Kano. It's really weird in the mirror. Um, it makes the game super tense and maybe down to like a one turn game if you're playing <laughs> wizard versus wizard. Um, but the the one thing that I'm actually excited the most about uh, is having it as like a mid-range either value or like a finisher in Icelander. Um, oh, yeah. After you slow the game down a decent amount, you play this on your opponent's turn after like probably taxing their resources by a decent amount and then casting like one or two other cards and just having them be buffed up. Even if it's like, if you get through, um, like, say, three damage or two damage uh, with this Ether Wildfire and uh, it buffs the rest of your stuff, even if you played, like, a blue zap, it would be for three damage. Um, oh, and it, in and, like, that doesn't seem like a lot, but in a game, in a in a matchup where you're trying to slow the game down as much as possible and get in incremental stuff, yeah. like, that Huge. might not be insignificant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you're right. Like, it's not... It's not as flashy as it would be in Kano, but I think it's still going to be pretty strong in Icelander. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you going to give it? Uh, I think that this is, for Wizard, this is a solid fresh to death. I think that this card like is a, is a huge build around and a, an absolute game ender, uh, especially with how it, it functions with um, Forked Lightning. Um, because it would buff however much it, it does, uh, buffs both sides of Forked Lightning. Uh, in addition to all the other buffs you want to put on it. Oh, yeah. um, so I'm going to agree with you. Really it <laughs> yeah. seems so strong and I don't want to play against it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to lose to it. I'm going to yeah. die. Next is scour. This is interesting. Uh, this is a blue pitch X cost three defense wizard action. Destroy X target aura tokens and or auras with cost zero controlled by target hero then deal arcane damage to that hero equal to the number of auras destroyed this way uh goodbye uh soul shackle tokens i guess uh seismic surges if you catch them at the right time and yep 
uh, uh, cool. I really it, it's like the uh, what's that runeblade card the runic reclamation uh, this one also makes prism cry uh, oh, a lot yeah. It does double duty against Spectral Shields, because uh, if they have six, you pay three, pop three of them, deal three damage, which gets eaten by the remaining three. <laughs> oh, God, that's so good. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. You know, anything that's yeah. good against Prism, I'm on board with. Uh, what's this? A, fr- a solid fresh, because, you know, it's it's limited in its uh, uh, playability. Yeah, it's it's definitely more of a sideboard card. It's not going to be relevant against every single hero, but the heroes that it is relevant against, like, it hurts. It hurts oh, a lot. Yeah um so yeah i think solid fresh like don't even have to think about it too much um Mm. it's it's a nice uh option again like that what i've been saying with uh, most of the other uh wizard cards that we're going to be going over they just give wizard more options uh, and make them less of a one note hero um and i like that I, i like giving them more tools to do stuff other than just throw fire at your face yeah i agree uh, next we have Emeritus Scolding. This is a rare. It comes in red, yellow, and blue. Uh, Two-costed wizard action with three defense. Deal four arcane damage to target hero if it was played during an opponent's turn. Instead, deal six damage to them. So let's pile on the arcane damage, man. <laughs> Just when I was saying they have more options to do stuff other than throw damage at people. <laughs> yeah, that's but uh yeah it it kind of fills the same void or the same niche as like voltic bolt Mm -hmm. um it's actually kind of like uh if you play it during your turn it's a worse voltic bolt if you play it during your opponent's turn it's a better voltic bolt um at each like level um so i don't know it this could i think honestly see play over voltic bolt um like it is less impactful on your turn, but even just having the extra one on the opposite side of it on your opponent's turn makes things a lot more awkward. Um, I think it's a, it's it's definitely a good option for aggressive decks like Kano. Mm-hmm. Um, as as a, a non wizard player myself, it's not super exciting, but I can see yeah. how it just sort of makes things a little bit more awkward for the opponent. It does. Uh, yeah, it's like pretty versatile too. Um, in that, if you do just need to deal four damage, you can just do that. Um, and then, I guess it's like on other on the other side, it's a plus one off of Voltic Bolt mm-hmm. outside of any other buffs you're giving it. I don't know. I think this is a solid, just like low fresh. Uh, yeah. It's not super exciting, but uh, I think I think it's better than Voltic Bolt. Yeah, it'll probably see play um, over the Bolt, but you know, it, yeah. it's low fresh regardless. Um, yeah. Next, we got Pry. This is a zero-costed uh, wizard action, three defense. Target hero reveals three cards from their hand, not the, the red pitch. If if Pry is played during an opponent's turn, instead they reveal all cards in their hand. You may choose a card revealed this way. If you do, they put it on the bottom of their deck, then draw a card. Hmm. So, so it's like... <sighs> it's interesting it's like vendalian click for any of the listeners that are familiar with magic yeah um it's also similar to phantasmoclasm which is a, a an illusionist uh attack from monarch uh which has like the same sort of effect where you can choose a card from your opponent's hand and put it on the bottom it's interesting versus wizard because if you play it on your turn you can uh try to tuck away like a blue pitch that they have to try to get through more damage mm-hmm and uh, if you play it on your opponent's turn, you can try to get rid of um, 
you can kind of try to get rid of like stuff that they're going to use to attack you. I kind of like the blue one in Icelander because yeah. you personal it and then you can uh, like snag a card out of their hand. Yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking. Uh, the blue one seems the best in in Icelander, and yeah, because it's just like the same card with the the blue pitch. <laughs> and um, but outside of that, it's probably like maybe low fresh, or maybe high stale. Yeah, I would probably say most of the time it's probably stale i mean like the red one even if you play it on your turn revealing three cards from their hand is more often than not going to be basically their whole hand mm -hmm. um so it kind of it's the same like charitably it's the same uh for both modes um but yeah the blue one being free uh being a good disruption tool in icelander um i i would say the blue one is probably like a mid to high fresh and mm -hmm. the other ones are like I stale yeah um like not awful uh again more options uh, which i'm excited about but uh it just depends on how impactful that um tuck and draw is uh in whatever matchup you're in yeah yeah um yeah so the blue the better one um <laughs> now we have pyroglyphic protection this is a wizard aura uh if your hero would be dealt arcane damage prevent three of it that source would deal uh, at the beginning of your action phase, destroy the uh, pyroglyphic protection. It costs two and it defends for two. So the cyborg card for wizard. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I would say probably like cyborg card versus the mirror. Um, potentially uh, the blue one versus like rune blades. Mm -hmm. Um like the 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 effect just objectively is like really strong yeah um because preventing three from every single source is great um because that's obviously in addition to your arcane barrier that you can get um but just like the fact that it costs two the fact that it doesn't have go again um it's it's a little bit awkward um i think if it was less awkward it would be like a, like it would be inversely a lot more powerful mm -hmm. um so it probably has to be this amount of awkward yeah. um but uh yeah i think it's like it could I, I could see a world in in which this is like an actual like real consideration for a sideboard card yeah um which probably means like high stale yeah sideboard um, high stale yeah we'll throw that there yeah. uh next is timekeeper's whim this is a three costed Wizard action, three defense. Uh, the red one deals five arcane damage to target hero. And if it is played during an opponent's turn, put it on the bottom of your deck. Um, I don't really like the rate on this. Yeah, the rate is weird because it's, uh, like, again, drawing comparison from the only other wizard card that I seem to know uh, for Voltic <laughs> Bolt. Uh, it also deals five, uh, costs two. Yeah. Uh, so this costs one more. And the upside is if you play it on your opponent's turn, you get to tuck it. Um, so obviously with that all being like... Is that worth the extra resource? Is it worth the extra resource? Do you really anticipate the game going that long that it makes mm -hmm. that much of a difference? Um, I'm, I'm uh, outside of that, though, that. The, the art is phenomenal. Yeah, I actually love so the wacky. art for this card. <laughs> it's so crazy. I, yeah. I love it. Um, but yeah, like... The most, 
the most utility I could see for this is in an Icelander deck where you're anticipating the game is going longer and having mm -hmm. the extra resources is really important. But outside of that, I think this is like low stale. Um, the the rate is just a little bit too much to to crawl over. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Low stale for Timekeeper's whim. Uh, mm -hmm. Now we have Illusionist. Um, so I actually really love the art on this card. Crown yeah. of Reflection. This is the Majestic yep. Illusionist uh, head equipment. Uh, zero defense, but it has Arcane Barrier 1. Uh, has an instant. Destroy it. Destroy target Illusionist Aura you control. If you do, you may put an Illusionist Aura from your hand into the arena with cost less than or equal to the Aurora. Aura. Destroyed this way. Activate uh, Crown of Reflection only during your action phase. So, a strictly better Nolrun Hood. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's like the um, the the slot that this is competing with is not necessarily Nolrun Hood. It is Halo of Illumination, mm -hmm. um, which Halo of Illumination is really good because it allows you to turn on your Vestige of Soul. Um, it allows you to you know get a card into your hero's soul so that you can banish it and get a Spectral Shield. Like there's a lot going, even though. Halo of Illumination is just a common. It's really strong for the common for yeah. these. Um, there are a few things that make this like a little bit awkward in my eyes. The fact that you can only do it during your turn. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that uh, you have to put an aura from your hand uh, that either costs the same or less um, is a little bit awkward. I, I did start my... Um, my uh my appraisal of this card before seeing some of the other auras that we got mm -hmm. um so that might it might change a little bit but i mean if you really don't need your halo of illumination in a in a matchup where you would need arcane barrier this is just strictly better than null rune hood yeah um so uh the art is absolute like fresh to death plus 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 yeah yep, yep. spectacular <laughs> knocked it out of the park um the effect itself, I could see it maybe being useful, um, but I think it's, in terms of the equipment that we've seen thus far, it's like a high stale, mid stale even. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's I, a little restrictive. It's one to, to look out for with more yeah. auras getting printed, I think. But yeah, high stale probably. Um, but uh, yeah, beautiful art. Love it. Uh, oh, next we have Fractal on. Replication. This is a majestic... Illusionist attack. Zero cost, red pitch. It has star, star. What's that mean? Uh, when you play or defend with Fractal Replication, it gains the abilities and effects of all Illusionist attack action cards on the combat chain. Its attack is equal to the greatest base attack among Illusionist attack action cards on the combat chain. And its defense is equal to the greatest base defense among Illusionist attack action cards on the combat chain. Yeah, I think there. this card's... This I think this card's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the fact that it's free, uh, yeah. the fact that most illusionist cards are uh, like overcosted to begin with. Um, the uh, I I can't remember. There was a lot of back and forth discussion about whether or not uh, if you phantasmify a non-illusionist card, like say you cast phantasmify on mm -hmm. Command and Conquer, uh it makes it an illusionist attack but 
uh, I don't know if, like, if you say play Phantasmify and then crack your uh, Dreamweavers, like the mm-hmm. gloves that make your attacks lose and can't gain uh, Phantasm, I don't remember what the determination was over whether or not it actually keeps the Phantasm there and then brings it over to Fractal Replication. Um, even I'm though it, sure. like, technically can't lose. I, I guess maybe because it doesn't have it. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but... Um, anyway, way. even just as an attack for zero, uh, I think this card's crazy. Um, I think it's obscene. <laughs> yeah. Fresh to death, you think, in yeah. the Illusionist deck? Yep. Yeah. And it only gets better uh, as more Illusionist cards are printed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, watch out for that one. Um, here's another one I enjoy. Um, it is Miraging Metamorph. This is a majestic Illusionist attack. It's a one-cost red pitch. Seven attack, three defense, has Phantasm. Uh, when it is destroyed, create a token that's a copy of an aura you control. I mean, this card's yeah. insane, too. I, I think this card is also fresh to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There are... Uh, I, I think I think uh, Illusionist got a lot of really just generically insane tools mm-hmm. uh, in this. And I think that Miraging Metamorph is not... Uh, out, like. It, falls firmly within that um that evaluation because it's a one cost attack for seven already good doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it has phantasm that's not what we're here to talk about yep but if your opponent blocks it in the way that benefits them the most with a card that costs six or more to break it you get to create a, co- a token that's a copy of nora you control that can be a genesis that can be um a uh an ode to wrath uh basically at the bare minimum to. Yeah, at yeah. the very bare minimum, it turns into a Spectral Shield, which is basically Herald of Protection, which mm-hmm. is already a playable card. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, this, um, this card's insane. Yeah, and then if they don't block it fully, um, like if they just block it with regular cards from their hand that don't have six or more or equipment, uh, then you can follow it up with a Fractal Replication, probably, um, and do it again for free. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yep. Um, yeah, I guess we got to say fresh to death on Miraging Metamorph, too. Uh, yeah, honestly, it's just so efficient. It costs one, and it yeah. attacks for seven. Like, yeah. I understand that Phantasm is a huge downside, but, like... But not on this I've card. I've played Phantasm. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it, like, it helps sometimes. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, fresh to death. <laughs> Uh, next, we got Shimmers of Silver. It's a zero-cost, blue-pitch, illusionist action aura, two defense. It has Spectra. It can be attacked, you know, um, what Spectra mm-hmm. does. Once per turn effect, whenever you attack with an illusionist, illusionist aura weapon, put a one, plus one counter on it. Plus one attack mm-hmm. counter. Um, do we have a weapon that could attack like that? Uh, yes. Uh, every aura in Prism turns into a weapon oh, uh, if you have Luminaris. Yep. Uh, so it, it's very good. It's really good that it's a once per turn effect because otherwise this card would be unbelievably insanely busted. Yeah. Um, it would double the damage of all of your spe- uh, spectral shields and all of your existing auras um, oh like God. on the first turn and then only get more out of hand from there. Um, the fact that it's once per turn is like a lot worse, but fine. Um, you can, even at the very base, you can attack with it, and it gets a counter because of um, Luminaris. Wow. Um, like, it, it's it's a very generically good card. I wouldn't say it's quite at the level of the other two, but uh, like what I was mentioning before with um, 
crown of reflection like this is one of them we got new auras that cost zero yeah uh, for prism yeah. so like with crown you could break a, a spectral shield to put this into play um and get get around the fact that it doesn't have go again um sort of thing so, so great so great um, um so yeah i would say I think high like, fresh yeah yeah, yeah, I would say yeah, either mid to high fresh. Um, I think this card is is really solid. The fact that it costs zero is great. Pitches for three, also great. Um, it it contributes as well to a slower, more controlling playstyle where you're like pinging people, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of something that Ode to Wrath helps with. Uh, whenever you deal a damage, whenever a source you control deals damage to an opponent, they lose a life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of doubles all of your stuff in the same way that this does. But this is kind of more of a lasting effect. Um, yeah yeah depending um, on how effectively they're able to deal with your auras but i like it uh next we have haze bending which is amazing art i love this art mm. uh this is the rare it comes in um just blue um zero cost illusionist action aura two defense as spectra has a once per turn effect whenever haze bending or another illusionist non-token aura you control is destroyed create a spectral shield um so uh similar to how i was um appraising ch- uh runeblade cards under the uh microscope of like chain in a chain mm-hmm. deck in a luminaris build for prism um i think that this is pretty good because at its base um it i mean again the the kind of awkward portion is that it doesn't have go again so you're kind of ending your turn with it unless you put it into play with crown of reflections but um like for all of these i think we have three yeah we have three other illusionist auras that cost zero um and at the very base there's something that you can attack with with luminaris um Mm -hmm. so they do one damage and then this one like also um uh punishes your opponent for destroying it uh by making a spectral shield which is like pretty fine yeah uh i'm not as hot on this one but i could see it being really good in a slower version of prism yeah um, maybe high stale could be yeah i was gonna say low fresh high stale yeah um the the effect is nice um creating a spectral shield like once per turn um if they're dealing with your other things with spectra um is like not insignificant um, even getting one is is great so yeah um this next one actually i think could be pretty good passing mirage Pitch for, for blue, zero cost, illusionist action aura, two defense, spectra. Your first illusionist attack each turn loses and can't gain phantasm. Fun. Yeah, I think this is a great passive effect to have. Um, <laughs> yeah. Especially considering we have fractal replication. Uh, to If that ruling works the way that I think it does, again, uh, the fractal replication wouldn't have phantasm either, uh, which means you just have a free gigantic attack. Oh my god. Um yeah, I think the passing mirage is really good. Uh and again at the very base, it's an aura that can attack for one. Uh and I like it. <laughs> I think it's a solid fresh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm into fresh. That's easy. Um Pierce Reality is the uh, the next zero cost is illusionist action aura, pitches for blue, your first illusionist attack each uh or first illusionist attack action card you play each turn has plus two and this also has spectra and defensor too um, if it was just attack mm-hmm. uh i mean it would be a lot stronger obviously and maybe be a little bit too strong but 
I think as it is for attack action card, it's it's kind of like that uh, majestic that uh, mechanologist got. Yeah. The whatever it is, pounder. Um, <laughs> Teclo which, pounder. Yeah, Teclo pounder. Um, which kind of says something that this is a zero cost rare, and the mechanologist one is a two cost uh, majestic. Yeah. And that they're like <laughs> kind of the same card. <laughs> I don't know if I'm uh, vastly undercomplicating things or not, but um, I, I think it's like reasonable. Uh, it, it's not great. I'm not super excited about it. Um, but, you know, making your giant thing with Phantasm that already has nine attack have plus two. Is that that good? Um, Maybe. Uh, it's not. I mean, well, it depends on how, how and well, actually, we'll look at the next card. Well, I'll just call that like a high stale, but. This next card <laughs> is something worth considering. Um, the Coalescence Mirage, uh, which is a common. Yes. Yes. This uh, is another card that makes these previous ones much better. Yes. Um, so, which, again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Great. <laughs> my evaluation. Uh, yeah. Um, so, two, two uh, costs, seven attack, three defense. Has Phantasm. But if it's destroyed, you may put an Illusionist or a card, or a card with cost zero from your hand into the arena so um yeah. uh yeah i mean this this card seems like if you want to play those zero costed illusionist uh auras I mean, <laughs> this card's worth it right yeah this is like the enabler for that strategy mm -hmm. um because it gets around having to give them go again because since these are illusionist attacks if you have a yellow in your pitch zone with luminaris they already have a go again so um although i guess if they break it well, no, there's a lot of um, like interplay here because if they break it, even though it loses the go again because it doesn't fully resolve, you get the footsteps trigger. So there's a bunch of stuff that you can do, a lot of gears that intertwine. Um, but yeah, if you want to play these zero-cost auras, I think you like have to play this card. Um, so that, that in... makes it like a, a fresh um, build around. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm very comfortable saying that this is a fresh card um, yeah. because it it enables a specific strategy of cards that are like pretty good. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not upset about any of the zero cost auras that I've seen thus far. Now, how do you feel about phantasmal haze? This is the three cost eight attack for the red, uh, illusionist attack action, uh, with three defense It has phantasm, but when it's destroyed, create a spectral shield token. Mm, three is an awkward number. Um, like getting the getting the spectral shield on destruction is nice um there are cards in prism that do that already uh, most of them cost one or two yeah um like this one you can play it off of a yellow if you uh have vestige of soul online i think i have seen some people talk about how prism might be tending towards more blues uh, because of these new cards that are being printed so maybe it makes this easier to play um I am comfortable calling this like stale though. Yeah. Um, like it's just, a big attack, but I just don't know if it's totally worth it. It's not going to, I don't think it's going to find a home. So stale's mm -hmm. fine. Um, yeah. Veiled intentions is a one cost illusionist action with two defense. The next attack action card you play this turn is, is illusionist in addition to its other types and gains plus four phantasm. And when this is destroyed, draw a card, go again. Uh, that's a pretty good rate for a buff uh, yeah. and it also replaces itself if your opponent blocks it the way that they want to um, 
good. Uh, High stale, low <laughs> fresh. I mean, it's hard well, to yeah. evaluate this because I don't, I don't know if Illusionist wants it, but it's still yeah. It's sort of like I was saying with that one, uh, the Pierce Reality uh, aura. Like it, it does buff your cards, which is cool. But a lot of the cards that you want to play anyway already have gigantic attacks. Um, so like you can make it bigger, but especially like it gives it phantasm, but there's that one card that makes your first attack lose phantasm. And you also have dream weavers and it's like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, there's a lot of different things pulling in all different directions to really, for me, at least genuinely review how impactful this card is going to be mm -hmm. uh, on paper. It looks cool though. I like it. Um, the yeah. draw card is nice. So. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think yeah, on his, on his face it is a decent card, and we'll just see if it finds a home. So yeah, but uh, high stale, low fresh. Um, we made it to mm -hmm. generics, Bill. Oh, we did it. We got there. We got there. <laughs> the first one out of the gate is a card we already talked about, Arcanite Skullcap. How do you feel about this card? I don't like it, but okay. uh, it is the best option for a lot of decks. Uh, and yeah. Uh, like I, I own one. I paid full ticket price for one, yeah, so uh, and I, I play so it. Um, and uh, it's it's skullcap. <laughs> yep, it's um, it is a fresh. It's fresh. I wouldn't say fresh to death. Yeah. We're we're gonna we're not gonna give it that. Oh. That it's uh, it's fresh. It does have use. Like it, it has yeah. usefulness. It's played for a reason. Um, I have picked playing it over other headpieces mm -hmm. in a lot of decks before um but it's mainly just for lack of other good options um <laughs> so it, it is what it is I, I would say just uh based on the rating system as it is you're correct in saying that it's fresh <laughs> yes yes uh next is a is a cool one arcane lantern um mm -hmm. generic equipment offhand has arcane barrier one um personally i mean i love the art on this card and the full art looks awesome um i can't wait to get the full art oh my god uh i guess you, this is a good it's just sideboard sideboard fresh i would say you know yeah. I, I don't think there's really much you can say about it you, you know you put it in uh where you can afford to have the offhand um mm -hmm. usually guardian probably is uh the most yeah. notable that's the uh, the thing that I was sort of trying to figure out for this card is a lot of people are like, oh my god, this card's insane. You can have Arcane Barrier 5 or 8 or whatever if you also have Skullcap. Like, it it only works in decks where you would have like an open offhand slot that mm. you don't necessarily care about. Um, yeah, like Guardian with the fact that they are already anticipating using a shield works for them. Uh, I also kind of figured out that it might be useful in uh, KO if you want to build like a slower version. You have like one claw in the and lantern. Um, That's just funny. Because you're not looking at going... Yeah, right? <laughs> he has this gigantic claw made of like saber tooth, like saber tooth tiger teeth and then just this tiny little lantern. Oh, um, Yeah, so like I could see it in that. I could maybe see it in Levia depending on what sort of build you have. Mm -hmm. Um but like i don't think this fits into every deck like i don't think ninja would want to give up one of their kadachis or the um or the needle over mm -hmm. like for this uh, i don't think that it quite works but i think it's very interesting and uh it 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 again it explores design space that i think is necessary um having offhand equipment for people that aren't guardians mm -hmm. um, i like it and yeah, and so yeah i would say yeah sideboard fresh sideboard fresh uh next is bingo this one's fun uh, this is a red pitch, a majestic, one cost, generic attack action. 
for five attack, three defense. If it hits a hero, they reveal a card from their hand. If an attack action card is revealed this way, bingo games go again. If a non-attack action card is revealed this way, draw a card. Um, uh, it's hard to evaluate this, this, these cards. Yeah, this card is the source of a lot of memes on Discord that I've seen. <laughs> um, uh, it's like, I don't know, in my current build of Ira that I play, Yeah. This like sort of functions in a slot where I would kind of want it, um, like the Pounding Gale slot where it's just an efficient attack for five. Um, just costs one attacks for five, blocks for three. But mm -hmm. like Pounding Gale has combo, so it interacts well with um, uh, with Breaking Scales as well as Flick Flack. Um, I, I don't know that this necessarily is like an auto include in any deck, unlike like Enlightened Strike or Command and Conquer. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a generic action that is like a pretty decent rate, but I think it just just slightly falls short of yeah. like what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel like the rate is good enough to give it a fresh, um, and people yeah, will it's play just it. Just a one cost attack for five. Like yeah. at the, at the base, I mean that's like fine. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not upset about that. Also yeah. has great flavor text. So. Oh, yeah. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have to say that if you win with that card. Um, of course. <laughs> next is a card that I'm actually, I feel like, a little bit higher on than, than a lot of people. It's Fire Breathing. Uh, this is a two cost, three attack, three defense, generic attack action. It has an instant, one resource, Fire Breathing gets plus one. Activate this ability only while Fire Breathing, it bright, fire breathing is attacking. Um. I just like threat of activation cards. I, I just do. I can't help it. I mean, I just love throwing a card at someone that they're going to just throw way too many cards at. It's probably not good in, in, in the long run, but I, I can't help it. But like this card. I don't know. I, I like it too. I've seen some people say that it belongs in Starvo because you play like um, such high pitch costs anyway mm -hmm. and just have it be uh like a, a game finisher type deal or yeah. even just something to threaten tempo away from your opponent um so i like it a lot too um realistically i think uh, i think we're both uh very realistic people uh mm -hmm. it's probably Us. not as good as i think it is but like high high fresh mid fresh yeah i would i would just solid fresh i'm not <laughs> i'm not, i'm gonna be a real person i guess and but I, I am I'm excited and Starvo is a good good point. I do think it will yeah. it will be a good place there. But uh, yeah, solid fresh. Uh next we got Cash Out. This is the generic action. Uh we had mentioned it before. Uh it's a blue pitch, zero cost, two defense. As an additional cost to play cash out, you may destroy any number of weapons, equipment, and or non token items you control. Create a silver token for each permanent destroyed this way. Go again. Is this fun zone card? Tell me, Bill. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I mean, why would you want to destroy your own equipment um, or weapons? Uh, like, I guess you get silver tokens. Um, there's like the 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 next card is like the payoff card. Mm -hmm. And actually, okay, hang on. I think this card is really good because it means that you can destroy silver palms and you don't have to look at it anymore. Um, <laughs> oh my god, fresh to death, dude! Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> this card's oh. this card's really good because oh. it destroys silver palms. <laughs> out of control, man. It's so good. <laughs> but oh. yeah, uh, solid solid fun zone uh, yeah. at this point because we just don't have any ways to leverage silver tokens uh, mm. except for the next card, which I think is uh, again also going to be a fun zone card. But most uh, likely, uh, yeah. this is this is knickknack brick a bat brick 
of Prak. Three costs <laughs> majestic. Fresh to death name. Fresh Let's start there. <laughs> yep. Uh, generic Super action. Fun. Two defense as an additional cost to play. Knickknack, bric-a-brac. You may destroy any number of copper, silver, and or gold you control. Search your card for or search your deck for a card with amulet, potion, or talisman in its name. Put it into the arena, then shuffle uh, for each four copper, two silver, and or one gold. Destroy it this way. Uh, repeat this process. Fun zone. I mean, you know, we're we're not doing this in, in C6. Yeah, like even if you look at all of the items that have been revealed in this set or have been printed in the set and compare and like even add all of the other items the generic mm -hmm. items that we've had uh i think even if you put every single one into the arena at the same time uh you do not win the game <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's it's super fun zone uh i'm excited to see if there is like a better potion or amulet or talisman that's printed uh, that really makes this like super worth it, uh, but I feel like because of how efficient of a tutor it is, if you're playing around the ways that make it good, uh, I think it maybe locks itself out of ever actually being a good card. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I think just it it kills itself. It it falls under its own weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Fun zone for Nick Nick. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I never want to have to pronounce that ever again. Um, <laughs> This next one actually I think is pretty good. This round's on me. Uh, it's a blue pitch majestic generic action. Defense for three. Cost one. Each hero draws a card until the start of your next turn. Attacks that target you have minus one attack. Go again. I think this has a lot of utility against some decks. Um, you know, uh, ninja, illusionist, like spectral shields coming at you. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, against illusionist it's really good um against the benji combo it like potentially saves you a lot of life um mm -hmm. which could potentially get you into a point where they don't just kill you in one turn if that's the route that they're going um the letting them draw card is kind of awkward but if like for example you're playing valda um you get a seismic surge off of it uh and if you're playing the Earthlore bounty chest you get two seismic surges off of casting this card yeah yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, I think, I think that's, Guardian that's really likes this card in the sideboard. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, so I'd say, like, low, fresh sideboard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, it, it, depending on how the meta shakes out, it, it's, mm -hmm. mo like, from what it looks like, it's probably going to be pretty solid. Um, yeah, I, I, I love it as an option, for sure. So we got a couple cards coming up here um, that are all seem very fun zone to me. Uh, first of all, Life of the Party, which was spoiled early because it was in the Armory um, list. This is a, it comes yep, in, it's yep, a yep. rare red, yellow, blue. Cost two, four attack for the red, two defense. You may discard or destroy a card you control named Crazy Brew rather than pay its cost. If you do, choose all modes. Otherwise, choose one at random. Life of the Party gains. When this hits, gain two life. Life of the Party gains two attack. Life of the Party gains go again. This is fun zone stuff. I don't think we're. I mean, no, nobody's playing this seriously. Um, very cool. Yeah, I like this card. Like it, it requires you to play a card that is largely bad uh, in <laughs> yeah. order to make this into like it's a free attack for six with go again, and if it hits, it gains two life. Like that's good, but it's a two card combo. Um, yeah. that doesn't really function outside of that. Um, so yeah, I would say solidly fun zone as well. Um, 
if this was too consistent, I think it would be way too strong, yeah. uh, which is why it probably isn't as consistent uh, <laughs> as even I think it might be. So it's like probably <laughs> worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, fun zone, fun zone for life of the party, which, yeah. you know, it's fitting uh, with the name. Cool art. <laughs> um, next, we got High Striker. This is a, you know, comes in red, yellow, blue. This is a generic action, two defense, uh, zero cost. Next time an attack you control hits this turn, creates six copper tokens, more copper, and it has go again. Um, fun zone. I mean, maybe Kasai, right? that's yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking like it's also weird how this scales the blue one is two the yellow one is four and the red one is six copper tokens so strange Um, yeah instead of like a a more linear um like six five four sort of deal um i think the fact that this is worded like plunder run in that it's the next time an attack you control hits as Mm -hmm. opposed to your next attack um like this on its own, the red one triggers uh, or allows you to have the full blood on her hands turn. Yeah. Uh, in Kasai, uh, I I honestly don't know if that makes it worth it. It probably doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that just one card makes your opponent either overblock your uh, your Centauri sabers so that you can't have a good blood on her hands turn just like gifted to you, um, is like I don't know, maybe worth a slot. Yeah. I, I I honestly could not tell you. It's like mostly fun zone outside of Kasai. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that makes copper or any uh, money at this point is pretty solidly fun zone. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would love to see somebody just like absolutely ranch somebody after casting High Striker and Kasai, hitting once, and then getting to blood in her hands. <laughs> like I think that would be dope. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Fun. We'll just give it a fun zone. I don't even. I don't yeah. even want to think yeah. about how it's good uh, in Kasai because no. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> um, next, we got pick a card, any card. This is a rare. Uh, comes in red, yellow, and blue. Uh, zero cost, generic action, two defense. Look at target opponent's hand, then name a card. Choose a random card from their hand and reveal it. If it's the named card, create a silver token. Repeat this process. Thrice go again. Um, points for having thrice in the name. I know that was one of the hints that uh, LSS <laughs> dropped, but other than that, this is fun zone. <laughs> fun zone. It creates a silver token and does nothing else. Yeah. Um, like even again, most charitably, play the blue in Icelander, and you get to what, make two silver tokens. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> like this is for merchant whenever merchant becomes a thing. Um and it is not currently so yeah fun zone uh exists outside of rotten so it's not yeah. rotten i promise yeah yeah <laughs> uh this one actually isn't fun zone this is smashing good time this is a zero cost generic action two defense next time an attack action card hits a hero this turn you may destroy an item they control with cost two or less if it was played from arsenal the next attack action card you play this turn gains plus three so uh we're looking at like a plunder run for destroying items which is cool mm-hmm. Um, I think this card will see play in out of the sideboard against Dash. Yes, yeah, I think this bonks Mechanologist um, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like that it's like it's the Plunder Run wording on an effect that isn't as like game breaking as mm-hmm. draw a card. Yeah. Um, like obviously it's a lot more situational, but uh, I think this is the sort of on hit effect that this specific type of wording should be used on um yes. as opposed to like uh I've, I've said it before and i'll say it again i think drawing a card 
is the strongest thing you can do in flesh and blood. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I think this card is brilliantly balanced. Uh, I think it does exactly what it wants to do. Um, And uh, it makes dash players cry, which is always great. I love to see that. Mm, Um, Me too. I would say sideboard fresh. Yep. Sideboard fresh. Um, Next we got even bigger than that. This is a zero cost generic instant uh, play even bigger than that. Only if you've dealt attack damage this turn opt three then reveal the top card of your deck if it has a attack greater than the amount of damage you've dealt this turn create a quicken token and draw a card um i think this is a little narrow um uh, i don't know how do you how do you feel about this so it is narrow um but i think it very reasonably finds its home in ninja decks um, because of how easily they could get this effect off um like you attack for one with Kadachi and your opponent doesn't block it because usually the second Kadachi, if you're playing Mask of Momentum, the second Kadachi is what they want to block um, to disrupt the chain as much as possible. So you attack for one with your Kadachi uh, and then you've dealt attack damage. Uh, then you can cast even bigger than that. Say it's the red one, you opt three. Mm-hmm. You find something that has two or more attack uh, and then you get to draw it and get a quicken token. And this is an instant. Um outside of that scenario like Mm -hmm. uh, you're absolutely right in that this is narrow but in the right setup i think it's very strong uh it's like kind of a gorgonian tome that gives your next thing go again okay Um, yeah yeah i could see that yeah but the the later on in the term that you play it the worse it gets by like a lot its usefulness drops down extremely fast if you don't play it after your first instance of damage and if it's more than one (laughs) yeah yeah um, um okay so what yeah. do you want to give it then? Uh, i would have to give it like two separate ratings in ninja i think i'm gonna give this like a, a strong fresh like a uh, like a high fresh because i think it finds the most amount of usefulness there and the amount of usefulness it finds is quite good mm-hmm. um like it's applicable in a regular game state um but outside of that in other decks like you wouldn't play this in guardian like what are you gonna do you you play it after you attack with the glacial footsteps for eight Uh, like (laughs) yeah (laughs) i just don't think you're gonna find anything off of it uh so i think it's really good in ninja and i think it's like probably low stale in everything else yeah yeah i think that's that's a that's a fair um evaluation now we have a bunch of uh items so you know it's, it's oh been talked. I, I think i was thinking about a way that we can kind of uh, attack these items uh i'm gonna read them off just because you know this is, we're, we're here at the mm-hmm. end i'm gonna read them off and you're gonna say yay or nay and i like I think it that, i think that's around. the best way to approach these because they're all pretty narrow and you know, yeah, they don't have as much nuance as a lot of the other cards we've seen thus far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once once they print like the the adult merchant hero that like you know goes and fetches these every turn. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we have uh you know whatever. But you know we'll see we'll see what they print for all these. But they they printed quite a few. So let's start with Amulet of Assertiveness. This is a zero cost yellow pitch item. Go again. Attack reaction. Destroy it. Target attack gains when this hits. Banish the top card of your deck. If it's an attack action card, you may play it this turn. Activate this ability only if you have four more cards in hand. Nay. <laughs> Nay. Um, it's like not good after turn one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Amulet of Echoes. Uh, blue pitch, zero cost. Go again. Instant. Destroy Amulet of Echoes. Target hero discards two cards. Activate this ability only if they have played two or more cards with the same name this turn. Yay. Yay. It yes. could be good. Uh, I think that the uh, even just the threat of making them discard two cards, uh, I was actually talking about this. I'm just going to quickly tangent. I know yeah, we were going to yeah, do yeah. this lightning round, but uh, if, say, your opponent has, like, if they're playing Briar and they have two Bramble Sparks in hand, instead of them playing both Bramble Sparks, uh, they instead play one and do something else. They haven't fully stopped themselves from doing a thing or amulet mm. hasn't stopped them from doing a thing but it's made their turn less efficient and less effective uh, okay. um and if you can if you can stack multiples of those if you're like this would be in a control deck obviously but mm -hmm. if you can stack multiple instances of your opponent's turn is less efficient and more awkward um i think they stack reasonably well and this only gets better as more auto includes are printed um okay so i think this one this one is like maybe one of the best amulets in the set uh, but it's still like in terms of overall usefulness right now, yeah. it's still relatively low, but I think this has a really high ceiling. Okay, cool, cool. I could see it. Um, next yeah. we have Amulet of Haven Call. Blue pitch at zero cost. Zero cost. Go again has defense reaction. Destroy it. Search your deck for a card named Rally the Rear Guard. Add it to this chain link as a defending card, then shuffle. Activate this ability only if you have no cards in hand. Nay. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rally blocks for two only. Yep, Bad. <laughs> yep. It's like, okay. Um, Amulet of Ignition. This is a yellow pitch. Zero cost. Uh, go again. Instant. Destroy Amulet of Ignition. The next ability you activate this turn costs one less. Activate this ability only if you have played a card or activated an ability this turn. Actually, yay. I agree. It technically... It technically adds a resource for your next turn. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's okay. I think it's fine. Cool. Um, Amulet of Intervention. Uh, blue blue pitch. Zero cost. Go again. Destroy it. Or is this an instant? Destroy it. Prevent the next one damage that will be dealt to your hero this turn. Activate this ability only while your hero is the target of a source that would deal damage equal to or greater than your hero's life uh effect nay wordiness nay art very yay i love yes. the art for this the art card. is beautiful um but i think this card sucks <laughs> yeah yeah no not good um uh, amulet of oblation uh zero cost blue pitch go again instant destroy it until end of turn target attack action card gains if this would be put into a graveyard instead put it on the bottom of its owner's deck Activate this ability only if a card has entered a graveyard this turn. It kind of gives any card uh, Drone of Brutality effect, but still, nay, it's so yeah. narrow and what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, clarity Potion, zero cost. Instant. Destroy Clarity Potion, opt two. Yay. Yeah, this, this fits the same, uh, same niche as... Um, talisman of um or no what's the headpiece that opts to it's like technically the same thing except it's also a blue pitch yeah. um so it's like I, I would play um the the headpiece in uh, a decent amount of decks uh, i could see this even in like icelander i don't know it's a blue pitch that you can cast for free that's like kind of True. reaching but i think it's opt to is pretty strong so yeah 
Yay. Give it a yay. Uh, healing okay. potion. Uh, blue pitch, zero cost. Um, destroy healing potion. It has an action. And it says destroy healing potion, gain two life, go again. It doesn't inherently have go again. It's an action and not an instant nay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, why do they do that? I don't know. Okay. Um, blue pitch for potion of seeing, zero cost. Instant destroy potion of seeing. Look at target hero's hand. Nay. Nay. <laughs> oh, good cards <laughs> compared to my bad oh, card I just on. played. I, I'm dead. I'm dead, but I know now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm playing a card called Potion of Seeing, and you're playing uh, Command and Conquerors. Things are going well. Um, <laughs> uh, potion of Deja Vu. <laughs> Blue pitch, zero cost. Instant destroy it. Put all cards from your pitch zone on top of your deck in any order. Yay. Very good in Kano. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, potion of Ironhide, zero cost, instant destroy, attack, action cards you own, gain plus one defense this turn. Nay, it's basically Amulet of Earth. Yep. Um, <laughs> potion of Luck, zero cost, blue pitch, instant destroy it, shuffle your hand and arsenal into your deck, then draw that many cards. Yay, it allows you to have a five card hand. Yeah, it sure does. Um, Talisman of Balance is zero cost, blue pitch. Go again at the beginning of your end phase. If you have less cards in Arsenal than opposing hero, destroy it and put the top card of your deck into an empty Arsenal zone you control. This one's actually a lot more complicated uh, than the rest of them. I think <laughs> this one's a yay. I um, think so too. It like it kind of gives you a free Arsenal. It's at the beginning of your end phase, so it's kind of immediate. Mm-hmm. It's a blue pitch that costs zero with go again. Like, I was initially going to say yay, but only for ultimate pit fight. But, like, I don't know. It's, like, this This card is fine. Um, it, like, it doesn't block. It's not the most exciting thing, but. Yeah, we'll see. I think, it, yeah, I think, I think it's a yay. Yeah, I, I think it's a yay. It's not quite as uh, hard of a yay as some of the other ones that I've given so far. But, like, I, I as I was rereading it there, I'm like, actually, this card is fine <laughs> <laughs> um talisman of cremation zero cost blue pitch go again when you play a card from your banish zone destroy it and name a card banish all cards with the chosen name from opposing heroes graveyard garbage andy uh is the <laughs> one who revealed this and yep. i love him dearly he's a good friend of mine but uh unfortunately i think this is a nay yeah yeah like how many hoops you have to run through for this <laughs> i mean maybe in the chain mirror yeah, know. like I, I think against Leviah, you can make their graveyard more awkward, but True. realistically, you're getting like one card out of it. Yeah, yeah, not the best. Um, this yeah. is an A, and then yeah. yeah, Talisman of Featherfoot, zero cost, yellow pitch. Go again when an attack you control gains exactly plus one attack from an effect during the reaction step. Destroy Talisman of Featherfoot, and the attack gains go again. Honestly, yay. Um, getting plus one isn't quite as narrow as it seems. Getting go again on an attack is really nice. Mm -hmm. uh, having go again inherently on the item is pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, the decks that want this card are not that many, but the ones that want it can actually use it relatively well. Um, it has all the downsides of an item, but I would still say this is a yay. Uh, yeah. For the decks that want it, not mm -hmm. in general. but. 
Uh, Talisman of Recompense. Uh, yellow pitch, zero cost. Go again. When you pitch a card, if you would gain exactly one resource instead, destroy it and gain three. It's like turn your red pitch into a blue pitch. Yeah, it's like kind of a deep blue. Um, but because it is a yellow pitch on its own, it doesn't really do anything if you do it on the same turn. So it's like a deep blue on your next turn. Yeah. I would say like maybe in probably a nay. Yeah. Uh, like maybe a yay at some point if the meta gets really slow. Um, mm. Because I like deep blue as a card. I think that deep blue is a really strong chess piece. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah i don't know ha having it not as a chess piece and in play on turn one uh i think that makes this a lot worse um deep blue more like uh deep poo no uh <laughs> he did it uh, talisman of tides <laughs> blue pitch zero cost uh go again if opponent would draw one or more cards during your action phase destroy this and they draw that many cards minus one during your action phase? During Why? Like, it, it blanks them from drawing a card. Yeah. Like, say you say you cast that this round's on me or whatever, and you use this card to make it so they don't draw a card. Yeah. Uh, why? No. Yeah. Nay. Bad. And, Go away. <laughs> and finally, uh, Talisman of Warfare, yellow pitch, zero cost, Go again when a source you control deals exactly two damage to an opposing hero. Destroy Talisman of Warfare and all cards and all arsenals. Oh, it's uh, Command and Conquer. Uh, no, wait, never mind. It has nothing that makes Command and Conquer good. <laughs> um, uh, nay. Uh, the activation requirement is super narrow. It breaks your own arsenal. Uh, oh, yeah. What like, about... I, I wanted it to be good, but... Not like even in with Benji, Rosetta maybe? Thorn. Rosetta Thorn, interesting. Um, Still, I mean, you could just play good cards in that deck instead. You could just you could just play good cards. I don't know. It's it's the fact that these aren't in play on turn one makes them like so much worse and way harder to uh, really like evaluate properly. Mm -hmm. um, like with equipment, it's super easy. Like uh, with that one talisman of recompense or whatever. Um, the fact that like deep blue is a really good card, but also you have access to deep blue at the beginning of the game. This is just a card in your deck. You can draw it late game and it's horrendous. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, like a lot of these, like destroying cards in arsenals is great. Um, but like, if you don't have a way to get your own card out of your arsenal and you only have one opportunity to deal exactly two damage to your opponent, then you're sacrificing your own arsenal mm -hmm. and you have to play this card in your deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nay. It's a nay. It's, and, it's a nay. I, I, I wish it was better. But that yeah. is Everfest, Bill. We did it. That is all of Everfest. That was, uh, we had a couple breaks in between, but I think that was uh, probably about three and a half hours of uh, talking about Everfest. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, uh, really appreciate it, Bill. Yeah, I mean, like, we did it. We did it. I had fun. I always have fun when I chat with you, buddy um yeah man that uh, was a great time i wouldn't have stuck around if i didn't like actually thoroughly enjoy myself awesome awesome uh, that's great I, great I didn't get a chance to talk about every single card and that sounds like i'm being like facetious or something but <laughs> i was only focusing on like the big cards before so like i didn't even look at for example like thunderquake the, oh yeah uh, guardian rare 
and stuff like that. So like, I actually have more appreciation for most of the other cards in this set, like Slice and Dice. I think Slice and Dice is gross. That card's really good. Yeah, that card's (laughs) awesome, man. But uh, yeah. this has been a lot of fun. I, I'm pretty stoked for Everfest. Uh, I'm, I know you are as well. Um, can yeah. you please um, give the folks at home all of your plugs and where to find you and and yeah. all that fun stuff? Uh, absolutely. Well, first, I would like to preface with, uh, if you're still listening, uh, thank you so much for sticking with <laughs> us. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but it was also a lot of information. Uh, yeah. And I hope you guys are just as excited for Everfest as we are. Uh, I am, once again, Bill from the Spike Feeders. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at uh, Spike Feeders Fab, F-A-B. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at, at the Spike Feeders. You can find me specifically at Twitter uh, at Bill TSF. Um, and uh, I'm actually doing a box opening stream. Uh, I don't know when this podcast is planning on coming out, but if it comes out before Friday the 4th, I'm doing a box opening stream with DM Ramada and Red Zone Rogue. Uh, we are going to be opening cases uh, all at the same time, having a good time, and hopefully uh, pulling better cards than each other. Um, yeah. And uh, this yeah, will be out the, covers it. the day before that. So um, nice. Okay. Well, uh, everybody, tune in uh, tomorrow uh, to to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, cool, yeah, thanks man. so much, Tommy. Uh, this is a great time. Uh, always, always a blast to talk to you. Uh, and I hope we can do this again for the next set that comes out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll probably break up the next one because it'll be a full set. And um, but yeah, uh, great time, Bill. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at FreshBudsPod. Email the show FreshBudsPod at gmail dot com. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. We did a um, a visual version of this as well. And yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's all been great and uh, stoked for Everfest and guys have a great weekend.